With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Tracy, the fans obviously don't know whose job responsibility is to cover whoever on, on each defensive play that you guys run. Mm-hmm. But from the outside, they see it and they say, oh, this is all on Coach D'Onofrio. His scheme stinks. You know, and <coughs> is it an equally shared problem? Is it every? Is, is it just everybody messing up? Nah, to be honest, I, I feel like Coach D'Onofrio, he calls great games. I think it's, it's up to the players, you know, to execute. I, th- I think the, the fans, you know, outside... They they see the players messing up, so so they they automatically gonna blame it on the defensive coordinator because sometimes in football, as a fan, you you don't they don't really know football. So when they see guys getting cut loose, they think oh it's the defensive coordinator fault. Really, it's, it's the execution from the player. So I think we have to do a better job of having his back in the game and things like that. But, I mean, outside people, they don't really know what's going on. They don't they don't really know football to be honest. The other out, the other outside perception I was gonna say is you guys play too too soft, too much cushion. Not you know too much zone, but you guys do play some man. And coach said this last game you played the most man you had all season. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really listen to what they be saying because we run a lot of man. We we, we run a lot of skin. We mix it up a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just we just don't have one base defense that we run the whole game. They try to mix it up, you know, with pressures and you know all all, all type of stuff. You know, um, just getting getting us ready for the next level because you're gonna run everything at the next level also. So I mean, I I mean, I they 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 be talking and I know I know they they're disappointed. You know the last two games we are too. You know we should be disappointed, and they should be disappointed. You know, but um, I mean when people, when people disappoint, they start pointing fingers, and of course they're gonna point the finger at the defensive coordinator. But I feel like I feel like they they put too much pressure, and they, they don't really understand. You know, so I mean, but at the end of the day, we gotta live with it because that that's that's just something that's gonna happen. That's Canes cornerback Tracy Howard, who has heard so much of the noise out there in the Canes Nation the past 48 hours or so placing all of the blame from Miami's defensive problems firmly on the players' shoulders themselves. You want to attack Miami defensive coordinator Mark D'Onofrio over that mess of shoddy tackling and receivers being turned loose? Miami defenders running around Sun Life Stadium on Saturday night with their season on the line, looking like they had no idea of what they were supposed to do? Well, you're going to have to go through Al Golden as well. This is what he had to say today. It's always about change. You know, the answer is change, you know. Uh, and, and, and as I said in the beginning here, uh, you know, what what has changed on defense? And, and it, it was the discipline in making tough decisions not to change, to stay with it and do all the little things. Uh, do we need to play better on defense than we did last week? There's no question. Absolutely no question. Did we put them in an absolutely, on a scale of 1 to 10, did we put them in the worst position that you have to be in? As a defensive coordinator, absolutely, we did that. And again, that's my responsibility. So, if people are upset with a coach or a position, because we got them all this week, right? We got, you know, we got to do to catch the ball better. We got, we got every email that you can get. 
but at the end of the day, it's my responsibility. There's nothing that goes on in this building that I do not approve, sign off on, co-sign, uh, or has input on. So at the end of the day, uh, I know that we have to uh, fix a lot of things. I'm as disappointed as anybody in that loss. Um, equally disappointed in the way it transpired, uh, man. So I don't know if any of that answers your question, but it does kind of give you an idea yeah. that you know it's really important um, that we, we continue the continuity and we just move forward. We just keep pushing forward because it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy. It's really important that as a, as a staff and as an organization, now let's push forward. And, uh, and we do have some handcuffs off from a recruiting standpoint for the first time since we've been here. My first recruiting class was six weeks. There was nobody scheduled to visit. The next few years were hell. You guys know it, I know. We're excited about moving forward. And we gotta stop talking about all this other stuff and we gotta get our eyes focused on Duke. And now it's my turn. I'm gonna tell you tonight why I see Miami's problems as more of a recruiting evaluation issue, which Al Golden kind of alluded to a little bit in discussing the difficulty of recruiting the past few years, then a scheme problem, and this began long before Al Golden even took that job or Mark D'Onofrio came to town. And I'm going to tell you why. I see these defensive woes as both a coach and a player issue, a situation where they are alternately failing each other and are in this in tandem, and why it's not the result of the incompetence of a single man who for some reason has been the latest target of fan wrath. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to your therapy, otherwise known as another edition of Cane Sport Live. I'm Dr. Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in hurricane sports. Two hours? Well, it's an extra hour or two, but that's about as fast as the hurricane season took a drastic change on Saturday night. As always, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines. So there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate, and we don't have any guests tonight because I know that so many of you out there want to call and state your case and, and, and give your opinions on what's been going on with the Hurricanes over the past eight days and how a season that was showing so much promise has kind of started to drift away from Miami, and now we get to see if they can gather themselves and sort of catch it before it totally dissipates into just another um, horrible run here at the end of the year. Um, that will leave everybody disappointed and feeling down about the entire campaign. The call-in number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. As always, um, we've asked Canesport subscribers um, to call in and give some of the topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and here's what they came up with. What exactly is wrong with the defense that looks so good early in the season against Florida, but it's fallen apart in the past month? Why are teams like Virginia Tech, who have struggled on offense in previous games, looking like national title caliber teams against Miami? Does the blame fall on the coaches, on the players, or can people accept that it might actually be both, as I just alluded to, that they are in it together? Is Denzel Perriman being used to his maximum capability? Is putting him out on the perimeter as a pass defender the equivalent of taking him out of the game? Why doesn't the defense play more man-to-man on third down? Um, I'll ask a question real quick. What the heck is man-to-man going to do if someone chooses not to cover their man, which is what we've been seeing the past few weeks? Why doesn't the defense – I mean, I'm sorry. With the defense regressing at the current rate, 
Why are we not seeing more of the younger kids like Muhammad, McCord, Figueroa, Burns, Elder, and Grace? Many people want many people want what they call better schemes that match the team's athleticism and talent. But is there really as much athleticism and talent as people think there is? Where's a defensive tackle who can get penetration or a defensive end who can consistently rush the passer? Other than Denzel Perriman, who's had his own struggles lately, by the way, where are the linebackers who can make plays? But wait, are we saying that the Hurricanes have less talent than teams like Duke and Wake Forest who have played better on defense against some of these teams Miami's struggling against? That, that opens up a whole can of worms and, and makes you really start to ponder what the heck's going on. Now, if some of the problems, as I say they are, are due to recruiting mistakes or misevaluations, is Rivals.com to blame as well, since many of these players had lofty star ratings coming out of high school? <laughs> um, now, the offense is a little overshadowed by the defensive problems, but there are questions there as well. What about short flat passes and crossing routes? Why are teams like Virginia Tech having success with them, but you don't see the Hurricanes doing the same thing? Should Ryan Williams be given an opportunity to play some down the stretch? Stephen Morris may have played his best game in over a month on Saturday. Why isn't Bo Sandlin playing more? Um, as you can see, there's just so much to discuss here tonight. You know, Miami's went from the number seven ranked team in the nation to number 23 in the BCS and coaches poll. Suddenly on the outside looking in once again, unless Maryland or Virginia can give the Hurricanes a pass for their sins by upsetting Virginia Tech and allowing the Canes to get back into the ACC championship picture. Maryland and Virginia Tech play this Saturday. But all that's assuming that the Canes can gather themselves and take care of their own business beginning this weekend at Duke. And there are no guarantees of that the way this team has been playing as of late. Duke upset that same Virginia Tech team that blew out Miami and the Blue Devils did it on the road. Their defense forced four turnovers, turnovers and held Logan Thomas and company, the same group that shredded Miami on Saturday night, to just 10 points. And that was in Blacksburg. And to make matters worse, Duke coach David Cutcliffe is one of the best offensive play callers in the college game. And you know that he was just absolutely drooling as he watched Miami defensive tape from the last month. So time is running short for Miami players and coaches on the defensive side of the ball to figure out what has gone wrong. And we have heard that things have been very animated on the practice field this week. There is clearly a sense of urgency there. The season could be slipping away. Duke has scored 35 or more points in seven of nine games this year. And they've won five straight as, um, as things have been coming unglued in Miami. So there's, without question, a huge challenge ahead for the Hurricanes on Saturday in Durham. All right, we're going to get to the phone calls right now. And uh, once again, the phone number is 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. We hope everybody will call in here over the course of the night. We're going to get to as many phone calls as we can. And we're going to start right now um, in the uh, 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Gary? Yes, sir. How are you? It's Shmira 55 again. <laughs> hey, what, what's up, Shmira? Wow, I'm happy I get to uh, lead the uh, lead the festivities off. Tonight. You are um, you are the lead you are the lead off hitter, and I can't think of a better guy. <laughs> Before all the venom hits the fan, I just wanted to really compliment you on your show and on your website because I am a 
subscribers to multiple UM websites, and you definitely by far have the best one going. So, well, we, before we appreciate that. We, you know, we do off. work awfully hard at it. Yeah, it's not even close. But, um, you know, I just wanted to get into more of, you know, we, we basically understood how Florida State had more depth and more, you know, more players, and that's fine. And, you know, there was a little venom last week, you know, with the Florida State loss. But with this loss last week, I don't really see the excuse anymore. I mean, maybe Miami's not where they should be, and you made a great point today. You know, we'd like to see some of these younger guys that, you know, Muhammad and, you know, with some of these other guys, Grace, Carter, come in and play, sure. But I, you're not, I'm, I'm not going to buy into the fact that, I mean, that, that, that these teams, Duke, Wake Forest, have better talent than us. I mean, we should be beating these teams by a little bit more, and I just really wanted to hear what you had to say about that. I mean, uh, well, I don't see it. You know, a there, I, I is a, there is a problem here, and it's and golden every Monday morning on 560. It's the same thing over and over again. I can't even listen to it anymore. It's, it's ridiculous. It's the coaches, yeah, I, I, it's, you know. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, everybody's getting tired of, of hearing him say it's his responsibility and he's going to fix it. You know, he, here's what I'm going to say. First of all, on the, on the first thing you mentioned, um, Al Golden has a lot of loyalty to seniors, and, and, and I think it's going to take a lot for any of these seniors to be taken off the field. Um in these final few games. So, you know, calling for all the younger players to play more, you know, I'm not convinced that that's going to happen. And in fact, I'm going to go a little bit in the other direction. And I think that, that part of their problem the last couple years on defense in particular might be that they're trying to play too many guys. And, and I'll say the same thing on offense too, actually, because I think a lot of the shuffling that's been going on on the offensive line this year has kept that group, from maximizing their potential, and, and, and they, I don't feel like they've been as cohesive as they potentially could have been. I mean, you see them they're, uh, on certain plays, they're great. On other plays, there's, there's issues. And I think that if they had been allowed to, to settle in with five guys as their starters who played, you know, 90% of the time, that they might have been a lot more efficient as a unit. But, you know, since everybody really right now wants to talk about, about defense, um, the thing that I feel and that I've noticed over the, over the first um, three years of, of Al Golden is that I think they're trying to play too many guys meaningful minutes on defense. And um, I understand why he wants to do it. You know, he's trying to build his roster. He's trying to have a team where everybody's involved and everybody has a role. But I think that what they might be finding and maybe not seeing is that they don't have the depth of talent that maybe they think they have, and they're, they're at times, I feel, putting guys on the field that just aren't, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's physical or mental, um, aren't necessarily equipped to get the job done that they need against some of the teams that they're playing. And um, so I personally would have liked to see a much tighter rotation. Now, you're going to say, okay, so who are those 11 guys? I think it's a well, combo. I think it's a combo. I think the players they trust aren't physically good enough, and the players that are young and talented aren't mature enough. So it's kind of like they got a, it's a little bit of both. You know, Shayon Green, great. I'm sure he's a great kid and all, and I'm sure he could get to, you know, do does his assignments well, and same with A.J. Highsmith, but we both know they're not great players. But you know they they probably don't make the you know the the big mistake, but they're not great players. We both you know we already know that, but they're probably great you know great kids. And 
you know, I don't know. My, my biggest issue, by the way, let's throw the defense away from the side because I think the talent on the defense is not where it needs to be. But on the offense, I don't really see the excuse. You've got a senior quarterback. You've got offensive linemen that was supposed to be the best offensive line in the country. You've got playmakers all over the place. And let's throw out Duke Johnson because you still got playmakers. you still got a great tight end. You've got three, three or four receivers. And you still have Dallas Crawford. And you still got a freshman. And I don't see any creativity on this offense. I mean, I see a very plain vanilla offense. And I actually, you know, I watch a lot of college football. I see a lot of creativity, a lot of different plays going on. And I don't really see anything with this Miami. They put this poor kid Gus Edwards in the other day for maybe five carries. If you watch the replay of the game, which I'm sure you did, every time he comes in, they have Malcolm Lewis as the only wide receiver with – Stack the box with eleven guys, ten or eleven guys, and they run right in, right up the middle with this poor kid. No creativity at all. I kind of felt bad for him, and he still actually looked pretty good. But I don't know. One of the cities well, here with you had to say about you, that. Here's what I was saying. Did say. you catch I mean, on to that? Uh, did you catch on to the, the Gus Edwards when he uh, was running the ball? I mean, the same yeah, they had play, a package, the same formation a, they, every time. Well, they had a package mm-hmm. that they obviously worked on during the week for Gus, and 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 that was it. You know, it, it was with, with that set and. They had a limited number of plays that they wanted him to focus in on and, and, and execute. They're you know, obviously trying not to overload him as a true freshman. And, and um, you know, I thought he did okay. But you know, on the subject of the creativity, um, I'm not sure I agree, you know, to be honest with you. I think, I think that at times they've run the ball phenomenally for you know, over 200 yards at times. Duke Johnson, when he's been healthy – has put up massive numbers, had many big plays and big runs. Um, I think at times the passing game's been great. I mean, Virginia Tech probably has the second-best defense that they've played this year, and they had over 300 yards passing um, the other day uh, against the Hokies. Um, Two plays equal 160 yards, by the way. Yeah, but, 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 but still. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I no, mean, you're right. I, I'm not I'm trying to be devil. I mean, what's yeah, creative? I, 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 I mean, seriously, what's creative? Trick plays? I mean, I'm sure they've got trick plays in the game plan every week. They they just haven't had the right opportunity in their minds to use them. I mean, the the thing you got to look at is the defense has been on the field so much in most of these games this yeah. year because they're not getting off the field on third down that the offense isn't getting enough plays. I mean, they're they're getting shortchanged 20 plays a game, and uh, that's a lot. That's that's two or three yeah. possessions. Um, and you know, so I you know, like I just don't know like what. I'm confused because, you know, you're not the only one saying this, but I'm not sure, like, what's creative. I mean, they have a pro-style passing game. You've got great receivers. They go deep several times a game, typically. Um, I mean, was that flanker screen to Stacey Coley that he took the, the distance the other day? I mean, was that a not, not a creative football play? I mean, I thought it was set up pretty nicely. I thought he found a nice lane and went and, and, and took it to the house and um, – you know, I don't think that there's a lack of sophistication in their passing game. Uh, I do think that Stephen Morris's injury issues this year, which started really week one, have put a huge damper on the offense because I think there's been certain throws that he's had a tough time executing because of his inability to push off, um, and that's limited James Coley's play calling at times. So you, a lot you are of it's buying been, into that, though. His, I yeah, mean, I his injury is, is a legit – okay, I mean – Yeah, I, it's legit. In, in fact, I know for a fact that there have been – I mean, he ran times. once the other day, and it was like – you felt like it was like – I mean, you felt like he had Dan Marino in the pocket. This guy was well, he's just getting, so 
He's getting a little better. He's getting he's getting a little better. I mean, that was the first play of that sort he's made, I believe, the entire season. I don't remember another one. I, I um, can't recall anything else, any other running play. But yes, you are you're completely right. I mean, but but, but yes, I am. I'm not, here to, I'm not here to add insult to injury, and I'm still you know, I, I just think, I don't I just don't see a major. And we both, I mean, I'm sure we understand this. Miami hasn't put together a full game the whole year. I mean, they were lucky to beat Florida. We could go over every game, and they haven't really shown major improvement. Sure, they're, they're record 7-2, and two, but they could easily be, I don't know, 4-3. I mean, whatever it is, 5-3, five and, five and three, whatever it is. I mean, you know, they could have three or four more two or three more losses here, easily. Uh, so. Yes, they could, and that's, that's the difference between last year and this year. They won those close games. But unfortunately, right. I'm not sure that that's telling us, based on what we saw the last two weeks, that this team as a whole is significantly better <laughs> than, than last year's team was. I mean, it, it's better. It's a little better. I'm not sure that it's as much better as all of us would want it to be. Right. Just one re- uh, recruiting question. Just – you know, I, I, I know that they've addressed the wide receiver, but my main two glaring issues with this team would definitely be the playmakers at linebacker and at safety. And I think they've addressed linebackers. I mean, I don't know how good the players they are committed, but, I mean, our safeties are – and this is from a, a University of Miami team that has great safeties over the years. I don't know. if Are they recruiting that well at safety? Did, I mean – is Jamal Carter, is, could he be that guy? Is Deion Bush going to be that guy? Do they have anyone committed this year that could really step in and play? I don't know. I mean, no. that's something um, that I don't I think so, say. and I think those two better be that guy. And Rayshon Jenkins better continue his, his advancement. No, because, you know, you look at who's on the commit list right now. Um, Ryan Mays um, is, Who I heard I is think, overrated. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad. Well, I just, and he's a guy a that, reach? you know, could be a little bit of a reach. We'll see how things evolve yeah. here in the last couple months because um, i got to believe that there is some urgency there. But he's projected as a safety. Um, but, you know, you're, I mean, you're right in the sense of, you know, there's not a ton more on the board. Darian Owens could potentially be a big safety, but I think he's projecting as more of a linebacker at the next level, and, and he's going to be a very good player, in, in my opinion. Um, they're trying to get bigger at linebacker, and that's why when you look at the commit list, you see you know, 6'3", 227-pound Jawan Young. Um, you see uh, 6'3", 205-pound uh, Terry McRae on there, and, and I mentioned Owens. But you know, the, the thing that they're going to have to decide, and it goes back to my original point, is are the guys that they have on the commit list right now elite enough players. And, and, and I think that, that what the lesson that might be being learned here is that, you know, Miami might need to elevate its standards a little bit in some of these defensive players that they're taking. Um, there's been way too much roster upheaval the last few years, way too many guys who were signed, and, and it might have been due to the NCAA problems because they had a reach for some guys, but there's just been a lot of guys that they signed that ended up not really being able to play. And, and I, I, you know, when I look at the roster, I see a lot of guys on that roster right now this year that I don't think will necessarily be here next year. And, and that's got to stop. You know, they've they got to get to the point where you know, they're, they're recruiting better, they're evaluating better, and the guys that they're bringing in are sticking for, for their careers. And, and, and that's going to be a big part of the forward advancement, in my opinion. You see a lot of guys currently on the team this year that are juniors that you won't see 
on the team. Well, juniors, yeah. sophomores, freshmen. Yeah, I mean, guys that go into names, but just yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to you know sit here right now no, and throw no, guys under the bus, but I mean, you could go down the yeah. roster and figure out who they are. I mean, they're guys that you don't even know would that you would never even know are on the football team. Um, right. So. You know, and I think that pretty much everybody that can play is at least contributing on special teams. Um, there are not too many people on this roster, uh, other than a couple red, freshman red shirts, who are capable of helping that aren't. So, you know, I, I think that there's still going to have to be some a little bit more of a roster purge, which is unfortunate. Um, but you know, right now, I think Miami's in a mode where you just, you know, you have to do what you have to do to get this program back to where you want it. And uh, we thought it was close this year. Things have fallen apart the last eight days. Uh, Now they sort of got to, you know, circle the wagons and and get things headed back in the right direction so that it doesn't affect recruiting. That's the key. Right. I'm actually kind of happy that we don't have, I I don't know how it's going to work out, but I don't need to see Miami FSU and an ACC championship game because I think the, uh, that would just kind of delay the inevitable there. Would have been the same result. Yep. Would have definitely been the same Or worse. Or worse. I mean, it's, that's not a blessing in disguise, I think. But all, all right, you got anything yeah, else thank tonight? You for your time and you have a great, great product. I really like it. All right, really. thanks for calling in. Hopefully, we will hear from you again next week. Always love when you call in. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the um, the nine one seven where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Gary? It's BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? What you got? And, oh, man. How you holding up, though, man? After the week, it's been a tough week. <laughs> you're, in pain. You're, you're, you're in pain, huh? Yeah, tough week, tough week. I was dying, Gary. Dying, dying, just watching well, was, that. You, oh, man, watching that know, game just killed me. <laughs> it was a shock, man. It was just such a shock. Yeah. You know, the, the three turnovers were bad enough on their own. If you could just, I like, mean, isolate, ru- isolate those. I mean, I don't... I don't you never. You may never see that ever again. Uh, I hope three. Not. <laughs> I mean, three. Well, back I guess to back. Back right? to back. Oh my God. <laughs> well, back three. To back, back to back. I was dying. dying. Yeah, I mean, special but listen, teams uh, turnovers like that. That was crazy. Uh, but uh, oh I think God. the defensive problems all night sort of exacerbated it a little bit. Just have left yeah. everybody with a little bit of a sick feeling, you know. Yeah, a couple questions, Gary. Uh, I remember uh, a few years ago when I think Ja'Cory Haas was in his last year, and you were one of the proponents that said, you know, this is when Stephen Morris has got to, like, take that step. You know, like, it would just help the team if he was to beat out Ja'Cory, maybe be the starting quarterback so he could have, like, maybe three full years yep. of, you know, of playing. Now, and he Would didn't do it, did he? He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. You know, it might have been nice, but, you know, he didn't do it. But, you know, that's another story. Do you feel the same way about uh, Kevin Olsen? Uh, not yet. Way too early. I mean, we don't have any clue. You think of, so? of, oh, it's definitely too early. We have no clue what Kevin Olsen's capable of doing. Uh, you know, let's let him go through spring practice. Let's take a look at him in those spring scrimmages in the spring game, and then we can have a Kevin Olsen conversation. Right now, the way the coaches are talking about Ryan Williams, BK, I'm totally convinced Ryan Williams will be the quarterback of this team next next season. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. um, Okay. Just, just, you know, based on what I'm hearing, and I'll admit I'm surprised, um, but that kid has made more progress this year than maybe um, anybody on the roster. I I mean, I'm trying to think who I would – 
who I would compare. Well, I mean, Ladarius Gunther, I think, would be another candidate. I think Tracy Howard's taking a step forward this year. Um, yeah. But, you know, just, just from what I've seen myself and, and, and heard reports from practice, I, I, I think Ryan Williams right now would have to be the front runner uh, to be the quarterback of this team next year. Oh, okay. But, you know, you know good, but Gunther's an uh, NFL caliber quarterback, uh, though. I think that kid is, is going to make it in the league, though. He's looking like he might. I agree. You know, yeah. um, but just to close the book on your thought on Stephen Morris, also because you yeah. know you're you're bringing back some 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 bad memories for me <laughs> when you're going back oh, those, sorry that, about that. <laughs> yeah. when you're going back three years ago because I did feel back then that he needed to seize control of this program. I saw all the potential he's had and and he really has not been able to do it. And I know he's had injury problems this year, but that doesn't change the fact that still. Late in his senior year, Stephen Morris still is very slow seeing the field um, and making his reads and, and has not developed that part of his game to match his physical skills. And, you know, it's a, it's a little disappointing. I mean, physically, he's a quarterback, I think, capable of leading a national championship run. Um, but where he falls short of the guys like, you know, McCarron, for example, at Alabama – um, who certainly doesn't have more physical ability is, you know, on the mental side of the game and, and just, you know, orchestrating offense. And um, it's a shame, you know, I, I, I still think he'll be drafted, um, but I, I do not think he will be drafted at the, at the, in the second round, like some people said he might going into the season. I, you know, I think he's hurt himself a little bit in showing that he hasn't made as much progression as you would like in, in that aspect of his game. Yeah. I mean, this would have been a great opportunity for him to, you know, solidify himself as a second round pick. But yep. you know, you know, you know, being what it is, you know, poor kid. You know, I mean, that's all I could say. But I um, mean, I wanted to touch on something that you, you know, and you just kind of came out with it earlier. Um, like the recruiting, you know, I see that. You know, we're ranked this on this uh, board, ranked that on that board. But I'm looking at what we have. I'm just not that impressed, or, you know, from our defensive side of the ball, you know, like recruiting, because we're really in trouble on the defensive line. I don't think anybody that we have, uh, you know, like in the pipeline now to come in and sign for us in February could just come out and start on defense. No, it's unrealistic. I mean, you can't expect you know, two freshmen to do it like Valentine. Exactly. I don't think that, exactly. You know, that, that's not realistic. Now, you have a Juco kid, Stucky. Um, who might be better equipped, but I'm not sure he's going to stick in the class, to be honest with you. I think he's got, right. he's got great like he's issues. In Nebraska. Well, there, there could be some great issues there, exactly. There could be some character oh, issues yeah. as well. Um, I'm yeah. not sure that one's going to stick. Um, Michael uh, Weish um, is a kid that, that might be able to come in and contribute. Um, you know, We'll see how that one goes. But I agree with you. I think they need a lot more help right now and I'm not sure what's going to happen with this commit list um, that that we're seeing. I, I think that you got to try to bring in at least at least a half a dozen JUCOs at midterm. Um, that's and, a lot. Yeah, that's well, I think you got to I think you got to try to do it. And I think and I I think they're going to try to do it. And we'll you know we'll see. But you know, and and then you got to figure how the numbers are going to work out. And like I mentioned, I think there's some guys on the current roster who may not be back next year. So the whole thing's sort of like. Uh, um, a mystery right now, to be honest with you. I mean, we could try to guess, um, but I do think there's a couple guys that might be committed right now that, that that might not make the cut if they're able to have success in recruiting, like I'm sure they're going to want to do. Because um, 
you know, they, they've certainly found out here over the last couple of weeks and getting blown out by FSU and Virginia Tech that what they're working with right now is, is just not there. And, right. you know, now next year you're going into year four and, uh, you know, you got to show results, you know, you got to show results or, I mean, you yeah. think people are getting, it's year three and people are getting restless now. So. Yeah, because um, I'm just kind of disappointed in, like, certain players. Like, like I thought this would have been, you know, the year where, you know, you might see Jelani Hamilton at least be a contributor. Yes, to, I agree. You know, and, and like, where is he? You know, don't like, know. Where, like, where Where's Figueroa? Doing, you know? Well, I'll tell you, that the, to me, the greatest mystery is Figueroa. I mean, that guy, I mean, oh, my God. I mean, the, the, he's a physical beast. I mean, yeah. to me, he should be Miami's best defensive player. He hardly sees the field. He's a freshman, but he's a freshman. So, you know, you've yeah, got to try to give him he's the a freshman, freshman pass. He's Maybe a... he's not picking up the defense as fast as, you know, Cornelius well, or Jimmy Yeah, James I mean, obviously, obviously like that's that, how they know? feel. I mean, they obviously right. feel that way, but I'm watching Tyrone Cornelius blow coverages every week. I mean, he's he is, he's killing them, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, so I don't know. You know, I mean, you know, coaches don't talk about those types of things. They don't discuss – the mental progress of players. You know, you're never going to hear a coach come out and say, um, you know, Alex Figueroa is not re- he's not ready to play because he, he can't get his playbook down and stuff because it's the coach's jobs to teach him the playbook. Um, so, right. and maybe that's the problem across the board. You know, you know, I mean, that was a big hot topic this week on the board. You know, player development. And, you know, and then Philip Buchanan comes up and starts, you know, you know, subliminally blasting the coaches on Twitter. You know, it's. It, it I didn't. I didn't week. see that. What did he? What did he say? Uh, he, he was saying something about how you know, uh, you know, a certain point, you know, um, you know, the teacher has to be held accountable. You know, just he, he was just basically saying stuff like that. I'm like, wow. He's not wrong. You know, this is you know, not. Like, not it, this wow, not, you know, it was a rough. It was a rough week. You know, rough week yeah, but, for you everyone. Know, the thing is, this is not just coaches. And it's not just players. I mean, this is coaches and players together alternately failing each other. That's my opinion. And, right. you know, I don't think you could throw one or the other under the bus. They're in it together. They all have to get their acts together. And, you know, it is what it is. Right. But do you think, you know, like at what point, you know, you know, like we're just going to get to the point where it's like, okay, you know, chances are most of these kids aren't going anywhere. You know, like next year is going to be a big year Next year should have been our leap year, but I don't see us leaping at all. Next year, well, I the mean, schedule is a little tougher next year. You know, you know, don't we have Nebraska yeah. on the on the schedule next year? Yep. I, I oh, here's what I yeah. here's reality for me. Reality for me was a jump to nine or ten wins this year. Um, I thought right. nine was a, nine was a realistic measuring stick, and I actually wrote about that before the season even began. So yeah, you know, I'm not being the season, you were a proponent of the nine win season. Yeah, before the season, before the season, yeah, before, before uh, what down season. was played. Yeah. That's what I said, and and you know that was what I felt the barometer was for this year, and I think they'll make that. Um, you know, I I do think they'll make that. So you know, I think next year it's going to be hard to do a lot better than that next year, even in year four, I, I see this rebuild as a five or six year, um, exercise, no different than what it was for Howard Schnellenberger, no different than what it was for Butch Davis. And, um, you know, those are the two, the only that, two. Yeah, I really do. do That's what it took that, the last couple of times. 
Right. I know the last couple of times, but, you know, you know, one was in the 80s, the other one was in the 90s. I mean, you're seeing teams like Auburn just come out of nowhere and just whipping ass. Missouri's coming out of nowhere. I'm like, where are these guys coming from? Are, but are they? You know, like are, are they are, at the end of the day, are they really going to finish with more than nine victories? Well, maybe Auburn. I, think I mean, Auburn's Miami with 7 0 also. You know, remember, yeah, yeah, Miami, yeah. you know, where are they going to finish at the end of the season? Are, are, the are they. Is, you know, like maybe the difference might be, you know, style points and how they look. You know, well, it's also we before won you play seven in a row, but we didn't look dominant. Auburn won but seven it, and they looked, you know, pretty good doing it. Yeah, but they still got to play, play Alabama. They still got to play Alabama. Miami already played their FSU and Virginia Tech. Auburn's going to go play Alabama. You know, a lot, a lot of it's who you play when. Um, yeah, I think I, most, I, you know, Missouri, I, Auburn yeah. teams, they're all having good years, but I think they're going to finish in the same place, you know? Okay, okay. One, uh, uh, you know, like one last thing. Like, you know, when I watch Stanford play, right, I see everything that Miami can be. You know? I agree. Stanford is like the prototypical pro-style offense in college football, and they just run it so beautifully. It's beautiful watching Stanford play. Yeah, I agree. They're good. You they're know, very they, good. They're very good, and I see everything that Miami could be. Every, everything that Miami could be. Does Stanford have better players across than us? To, you know, you know, better players than us across the board? Maybe. Right now, yes, but that right. doesn't mean. You know, yes. Right now, I would say yes. They have one hell of a coaching staff, though. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They have a good they everything. One, it's, a, it's a great top program. To bottom. Wow, they know how to do it. Jim Harbaugh left 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 the keys to the Bugatti, and and they're just you know maintaining it, riding it. They're doing everything right. He's a great coach. He's a great coach. I mean, you see the success he's had in the NFL immediately too. I mean, that's a guy that yeah. knows how to put put teams together and run a program. And you're asked, you're right. He did. He left them loaded. Uh, very similar to the way um, Miami was left loaded for Jimmy Johnson and to a greater extent Dennis Erickson, and um, they take it and they run with it. You know, Larry Coker played for two national titles. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, co- coaches can take well-oiled, uh, juiced-up programs and, and do very well with them. But uh, yeah, I think Stanford and Miami are, are comparable programs, and um, if anything, Miami is obviously more accomplished and. There's no reason why um, the Hurricanes can't get back to that. It's just going to take a couple more recruiting classes mm-hmm. and good hey, recruiting listen, classes. Hey, do you think we land, uh, you know, you know, like another big, uh, another big running back? You know, I know everybody's saying, "Look out for that Scarborough kid." Do you? Yeah, think, they're trying. You know, yeah, you know, that would be nice. Yeah, they're trying oh, hard. Man, we would look know. pretty good on on offense, you know, next yeah, year. Yeah, they need a big back. Got to get a big yeah. back. Yep, got to get a big back. All right, BK, you got anything else tonight? All right, Gary. No, thanks a lot, man. You've been great. Listen, man, you're doing a great job. And I like how you, you know, like compose yourself, like when everybody's just putting stuff out there on the boards. You know, like I'm guilty of it. You know, you just kind of let things just kind of die down, settle down before you come out and, you know, and, and give your point of view. So, you know, you know, I'd like to congratulate you for that, giving you some kudos. You know, I, right try to, I try to think things through, you know, and look at the big picture. Yeah, there you go. All right, Gary. Keep up the good work. All right, man. BK. Yep. Thank you. We appreciate you. Give us a call next week. All right. Let's go on now to the 813, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good, Gary. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for holding on. Hey, uh, 
on some of the calls, I, I agree with some of the things, Gary. Uh, this is uh, this is 21 Junior Miami. Uh, but I think it all comes down to schemes. And, and, and the players, I mean, I'm not saying that, I mean, I'm looking at other teams, and some of them two-star, three-star players. Uh, and, but they're in the right schemes to be successful, okay? Um, I like Tracy Howard, but when I see Tracy Howard lines up and he's 10 yards off the ball, and as soon as the ball high, he's, he just, he's taking off, and everybody's throwing underneath. I think it's schemes. And, and and that's where I see the thing that's wrong with Miami. I mean, just like we look at two or three star players, five stars, I think our coaches should be greater than stars too. I don't see no five star coach. I don't believe our golden is a five star. I think he's a, maybe a two star, three star coach. His defensive coordinator is a one star, maybe a zero. But I think it's all schemes. And I think down there in South Florida, you recruiting Miami area. And 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 the guys are not as big, but they're quick and they're strong. And then you trying to bring these guys up into your system to make them bigger. And now I just see that it, it is really hurting the guys that's on the team. I mean, I've never seen. I mean, it, it's awful. Um, like who? Who's it hurting? Well, well, I, I'm saying like, okay, like. Okay, I'm looking at, okay, I got uh, Chicolo, okay? Chicolo's playing defense in. He's not as fast to uh, be a rush in. So I, I, he might be quick enough to be a defensive tackle, and he might be successful. He might be quick enough to play defensive tackle. He got the weight. So I, I just think it's just the schemes that they're running that don't fit the well, process of our defensive tackle or our so defense. You- so you what you so you're saying play Chicolo as an undersized defensive tackle at 277 and put uh, 320 pound Justin Renfro and 325 pound Curtis Porter or or 305 pound Olson Pierre uh, on the bench now you know who I don't know that we I mean Chicolo to me hardly ever makes a play. I mean, where he's playing now at defensive end, how is he going to make plays at defensive tackle? You know, I just don't well, know, man. I mean, I come from a, I'm coming from a different point of view. I just, I mean, I look at this defense and I don't see a defensive tackle who's very good. <laughs> I don't see, I, I can't remember one play the entire season behind the line of scrimmage. You know, I think they're all just guys, um, you know, playing out their careers. Um, Chicolo, to me, you know, was built up as a great player coming out of high school, but he was a tweener uh, coming in and, and wasn't, you know, physically developed enough for the college game, was forced to play as a true freshman when he probably should have been redshirted. I mean, you'd feel a lot better about Chicolo right now if he was a sophomore, a redshirt sophomore, than a junior, and I just don't see him making any plays. Um, Shayon Green, probably one of the better guys on defense, um, but he's just a stout line of scrimmage guy. He very right. rarely makes a play up the field. I mean, I don't want to get long-winded on you here, but I'm just saying I don't see, other than Denzel Perriman, I don't see any linebackers making any plays, and, and Denzel's had his own struggles the last week or so, much more so against Florida State than Virginia Tech, but um, the defensive backs, so the cornerbacks, uh, you know, just to, just to finish real quick, I think the cornerbacks this year are much improved. 
probably the most improved position on the team. Um, I think Rayshon Jenkins at safety has improved this year. Um, and Deion Bush has been injured for half the year and is just starting to play. And, and he's clearly a little bit off. So, you know, Casey Rogers, I thought, was playing better at the beginning of the year. So really, to me, the defensive back position is the only position on the defensive side of the ball where there's been any real advancement from a player development and performance standpoint. I, I agree with that. I, I agree yeah, with that. So what scheme are they supposed to run? Like, like what, what, you know, what, people, what I'm, what I'm and, and you're not is, the only uh, one. Everyone's saying this. What scheme? Like, what are they well, supposed well, to run? Well, you don't okay, have the players. Well, I'm trying to, okay, like the defensive tackles, okay? They, they sit down like little turtles and see like they're not getting no pressure. It's like they, I don't know, just like they, it, it seems like they just scared to, 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 to be in a position just in case, okay, if the quarterback runs. But they're sitting there like they're playing penny pack with the, the, the office alignment. They're not getting no no pressure, okay? And they're letting the quarterback sit back there and, and, and pick the defensive backs apart with the linebackers. I mean, what I'm saying, scheme is, okay, all right, what, I mean, what the personnel you got, okay, what can I put in my, in, with the guys that I have on this line? Uh, I, I see now they can't hold up when we play a good keep uh, a good offensive line. They, they can't get no pass rush. So I put in. So I just have everybody just uh, shoot hard uh, in their gaps uh, and, and stuff like that, or uh, have Chicolo uh, be a, a full rushing end come in instead of sitting there holding holding the tackle up. I, I'm talking about schemes that okay. What what what? I mean, but, but I don't wait, what have you seen? I mean, and I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't, you know, what have you seen from Anthony Ciccolo that suggests to you that he's an answer as a rush end? Well, that's what I don't see. No, I, I, I'm going to tell you why I say a defense attack. I think he's big enough to play defensive tackle. Yeah, he's a third down. You know what it is? He's a third down defensive tackle. Right. That's exactly what he right. is. And he'd be really, and he'd be, and he look, I'm telling you, I, I don't know, I look, feel like he looked good at that position. First, after I see a guy who's 5'11", 265, but Wake Forest calls havoc. You know what I mean? So I think Chicolo is big enough. Or I think he's big enough and fast enough. He's not great speed at the end, but he's fast enough to, okay, if I come off the ball, I make it be, you know, in that bike field before instead of me being at the end. I, I, I just see that Chicolo is not, I mean, he's a boy, I'm going to sit here, hold the tackle up, Hoping that my linebackers can make a, a tackle if the running back get passed up, and like I said, Denzel's our best linebacker. Uh, I don't hey, know. On my defense, on my defense, Chicolo only plays on third down. <laughs> that's uh, that's on my, that's that's just to me. You know now okay. now you, you know schemes. I mean, you know, I keep hearing Mark D'Onofrio's schemes. Like, what's he supposed to, like, you know, okay, he could play the cornerbacks in press coverage like Randy Shannon used to do, I guess. Um, but have we ever seen Ladarius Gunter or Tracy Howard um, try to survive a, a whole game or a whole quarter even um, in press coverage? We don't know how they would do, and nor does anybody else. You know, could he blitz more? I've been watching him blitz like crazy the last two weeks. I mean, against Florida State. And they have been working. They have been working. No, so they because, the, because they he, doesn't have the right he doesn't have the athletes that can get there. 
You know, <laughs> coaches aren't going to say this. Mark D'Onofrio is not going to come out and say, hey, guys, you know, please stay off my back. I don't have guys that can get this stuff done. I'm doing the best I can. He's not saying that. He can't say that. They would lose their football team. But we could say it, and I can, and I'll tell you, my opinion is they don't have the athletes. There's not an impact player on this defense, not one. Not one. Oh, you come on, right, Doctor I just get tired of watching. I'm tired of seeing slant routes. I'm tired of seeing that delayed blitz, and they throw a slant right over his head. I'm like, forget about that. You're watching. You're watching receivers release off the line of scrimmage and run across the entire width of the field with nobody covering them. I mean, when do you ever see that? It's it, it's like it, it's like it's painful. I mean, I I feel oh. I, I feel the same pain that everybody else. I watched this stuff the last few weeks, and really going back. How about the North Carolina game where nobody was covering Ebron? The I mean, yeah. How about the Wake Forest game where where they're a one player offense? Okay, that's a one player offense. Who, by the way, the minute that kid that receiver got hurt, they haven't been able to score a point. Okay, that's a one-player offense, and he was allowed to catch, I think, 10, 12 balls. And, yeah. Wake Forest, and Wake Forest was allowed to push this team to the last minute of the ball game when they're not even close to as good a team as Miami. And you see what they've done since they left Sun Life Stadium. They're getting annihilated by people. I mean, uh, if that's what I'm trying to say. If Syracuse got a better – I mean, do they got better uh, players? I no. mean, Syracuse players – no, they don't. But, but 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 that doesn't mean that what you have here is 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 execute is good enough or executing what they're what they're supposed to be executing. And everybody wants to blame Mark D'Onofrio. I mean, boy, I wouldn't want to be Mark D'Onofrio getting blamed for being a, a shitty defensive coordinator based on what I'm working with right now. I'm sorry. I mean, we're bringing guys okay. in off the street in the summer who are playing the majority of the reps as defensive tackle. Justin Renfro who was a bit player at Virginia. I mean, I'm sorry, man. People are just not seeing it for what it is. And it's, it's disappointing that it is at this point still. And it's disappointing that there's not an immediate fix like everybody wants. Um, but it is what it is, man. You know, and, and I just don't think blowing up, you know, blowing up the, the coaching staff is necessarily the answer now. You know, Al Golden may decide to make a change or two on defense. He'll obviously certainly have to consider it. But, you know, I just don't know, man. I'm, I just don't see it. All right, you have anything oh. else tonight? Sorry, Garrett, just keep me online. For the rest All right, of the you want to stay online? All right, I'll um I'll keep you on hold there so you can listen to the show. Uh, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Going to go out now to the uh, 404, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Garrett, how you doing, man? Uh, doing good, man. Hello? Fire, fired up here. Man, let me tell you, I agree with everything you say. Totally, 100%. First of all, uh, I think Miami, from an interior standpoint, and I'm not trying to bring up different kids, you know, because these, these are college kids, but I'm going to tell you, that D-line, those two interior D-linemen, man, here's yeah. a major problem. And, and I understand where you're coming from, from, from your perspective with Renfro and, and just – Renfro's been actually pretty good this year, but, I mean, he, he's still just a guy. I mean, he's not, you know – he was a backup that's exactly in Virginia. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's almost like just bodies. It's just not, it's, it's not talent. I mean, when I watched that Virginia Tech game, 
at one point, man, those guys were getting blown off the ball so bad. It was just, I couldn't believe it. But, I mean, I could believe it, but I couldn't believe it. Just, you know, you, you have to live in the now, and you can't think about the the, the Saps and, 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 and Russell, Maryland. you got to understand where we're at right now, and it's about, you know, building a D-line and, and getting talent in there. It's going to take some time, man. Um, now, um, that's yeah. not to Go say ahead. that everything they're doing is right, okay? And, I, and, and, and I'm not saying that at all. I mean – you know, it doesn't mean that everything they're doing is right. I mean, we all see things. That, you know, everyone's got different things they want to point out. You know, I, I don't understand why Highsmith or Cornelius would ever be on the field. I don't understand. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't clear. understand I, why I Harry. No uh, idea. With Cornelius is on the field. Highsmith is on the field. Um, yeah, why? I, I don't understand why. Why, for example, Perryman would ever be outside. Playing almost as a cornerback instead of in the middle of the field where he can play and and make plays. So, so I, I, you know, we all will have our own little things that we see that that we question. Um, But at the same time, you know, we're taking backup defensive linemen from Virginia and making them starters on the Miami Hurricanes. Okay, and and that right there sums it all up. We're taking two star defensive tackles who were going to Temple a couple years ago yeah. and making them the well, foundation of our of the defensive line. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, Gary. Let me ask you this. When you look at what about the kid that came out of Temple that's a beast right now in the league, Muhammad Wilkerson that came yeah. out of Temple. And I know that's I know that's one example. But I'm well, and also Pierre this, for what his ability level is has done a great job. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I'm you know, saying, but those guys just are not explosive off the they're ball. They're not explosive Gary. playmakers, correct? None, Gary. It's just no. bodies out there. You don't see any movement. You don't see any. I mean, you gotta, you, go ahead, Gary. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say it's bodies just trying to survive and and yeah. move the program forward. And you know what? Yeah. Al yeah. Golden's doing that. He is moving the program forward, even with all these obstacles. Um, that he's had to deal with. And, you know, now you're looking at bringing 30 new players in again this year. they got to make those count, okay? There's no excuse for, for not making those count. And I think they've got to really, really dot their I's and cross their T's on their evaluations of every guy that's presently on that commit list and every guy that they're still out there recruiting because it, this is a critical, critical moment uh, right here I, I um, for this program and for Al Golden. I agree. And what about um, man at D line? What about um, a kid Moten? Do you think he's going to be a? I mean, watching him and again, this is you evaluating a young guy coming out of high school. Do you think he's going to commit to uh, to Miami um, on tomorrow? Everything I'm hearing is 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 yes. Um, the only thing that makes me hesitate a little bit is he hasn't been around a lot. You know, you're not seeing them out at the games a lot this year. I, mm-hmm. I saw him at one. Um, so. You know, that's the only thing that makes me hesitate a little bit, but um, I am anticipating that he will commit to Miami tomorrow night. Man, they need it. They need it bad. But you know, well, you know, if the evaluation's right. Now, I've had some people tell me they think he's an offensive lineman. So, you know, this whole thing <laughs> is evaluation, man. It's, 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 it's not just like who's highly rated or who's from South Florida. Um, this is all about player evaluation. And you got to really hone in, and you got to have the mental side of the equation covered also, 
um, or else you're going to make mistakes. And um, Miami can't afford too many more mistakes. You know, you just can't keep turning this roster over every year the way they've been doing the last few years. You know, that the last couple of years of Randy Shannon, um, that tenure in recruiting were an absolute horror show that, that they're still obviously paying for today. Yeah, yeah. I have one last question. Jared, get your honest opinion on this. When you look at the defense as a whole, um, who, who's your true leader on the defense? I don't see any fire on that. I mean, it's just that D-line, man. God, like, that, well, I don't see any. Jayon Green tries to fit that role. You know, I mean, Denzel's know. not really a, that kind of guy. Um, but, man, no. <laughs> There's, I mean, yeah, first of all, to be a leader – you have to be a productive player. And there's two productive players right now on this defense. Denzel Perriman, and he had a rough time up at Florida State and to a lesser degree against Virginia Tech. Uh, and the other one is Ladarius Gunter, who's a cornerback, who's had a great year, but, you know, isn't really that type of kid either. So, you know, no, you don't really have him. I got you. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I'm just hoping that, again, I'm looking at it, when I, like the guy I mentioned earlier about, Stanford, man. I watched that entire game. I looked at that old offensive line and that yeah, line. Good. Man, they're real good. They're yes, they are. really good. They're really good. And Miami just got to build, you know, interior, D-line and O-line. And then you can get the playmakers on the outside, but they got to get that D-line short up and bring some Juco guys in like Kansas State. I mean, it's just, yep. man, it was just, like I said, it was just us. Yeah, got to bring in freshmen and got to bring in yep. Juco's to bridge the gap. Absolutely. So I appreciate it, Gary. Man. All right, Thank man. Yeah, thanks much. for calling. Give us a call again um, next week. All right, let's move on now to the uh, 770, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? All right, we lost him. Let's go out now to the, um, the 347, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, what's going on, man? This is Kwame. Hey, what's up, Kwame? How you doing this week? I I can't complain. I'm I'm not I'm, I can't say I'm considerably happy, given the past uh, two weeks and our performances or lack thereof. But I can say I'm not on the fire the Arsenal bandwagon just yet because, in particular, with the defense, he, I want to give him time to get his players that he's recruiting in there to work his scheme because it's obvious that we don't have the talent level that we need, especially on the interior defensive line. As much as I care for Justin Renfro and Olsen Pierre and Curtis Porter, uh, they're not Eddie Goldman, uh, Mario Edwards, and some of these guys that those boys in Tallahassee are and and, and, then Gainesville are recruiting and like Dominic Easley. They're not those caliber type guys. No, not and even so, And I, I think it's going to take time for him to actually get players in that can play the scheme that are big enough to take the punishment and deliver it uh, before I say, you know what, this isn't working. What I will give a critique to and what I have a problem with is James Coley and some of his play calling. In particular, I have an issue and maybe you could educate me on this, but when I see the um, the AJ McCarrens, even last year when we had Jet Fish, uh, I, when they when, when when he does that check with me, 
when, you know, he's looking, uh, when um, the offense is looking to the sidelines to get the yep. play call after they see the blitz is coming, it takes too long to get the play in. By the time they get it in, it's, you know, 10 seconds left on the play clock. And deep, if I'm an end, I can look up at the damn play clock and see that you got five seconds left. I can see the left guard tapping the center saying, hike the ball, the quarterback is ready. They need to do something else besides that, you know, check with me uh, and, and the linemen slapping each other. To, and it, it cues the defense way too much and it allows them to get an edge. I, I, I'm not sure if it's maybe the quarterback, is he allowed the freedom to change the play at the line of scrimmage if he sees something, or is it strictly right. run by James Coley? I, I think very little. I, I, you know, we, I don't think we see Stephen Morris doing a lot of audibling out there. You know, I, I very, very little. I think, yeah, I mean, uh, minor problem. You want, I, I don't you want see, Johnny Manziel or AJ? They, they, they're, they're changing the play based on, you know, whatever coverages they see from the defense at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, different different schemes, different systems. I mean, I don't I don't think Miami's offensive scheme is a problem for this team right now. I think there's a lot of other problems that are way ahead of the list. You know, I mean, Alabama doesn't run a more complex playbook than Miami. No, LSU doesn't but I will, doesn't really. That's I mean, true. you you got you got to have good players and they have to execute. And for a lot of the season, the offense has been fine. I mean, you know, they've been hurt by some of these injuries. You know, Duke's had been injured three or four times now. Um, losing Philip Dorsett is huge. Stephen Morris has been hurt the whole year. Um, you know, it is what it is. You know, but for the, I don't think the offense has had a terrible season. You know, I don't. I don't. I, I think I, I, a, I'm not saying that, but but I will say I think there has to be something else, uh, uh, some better line of communication uh, that is fed into the court. I know they don't have mics in their helmets like the NFL, but they have to do a better, a much better job of getting the plays in once the defense shows where the blitz is coming from because it takes way too long for Steven to, sh- to get into the plays into formation. And then once the, he kind of sees where the blitz is coming from for Coley to get the, the play out or where he wants to direct the play to go. It just, it, 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 by the time they get all that stuff done, it's five to ten seconds left on the play clock. And if I'm a defensive lineman, I know when you're snapping the ball because you only got a couple of seconds left from the play clock. Otherwise, you don't get delayed game. So I, I just, I guess, if I, if I were to critique them, especially on the road, where it's more prevalent, and we got to play Duke this week, which is not going to be a cakewalk because they took us to. We had a tough time with them last year, and Cutcliffe is no joke as a co- as a, oh, as a, a head coach. coach. You know, he, he he develops his his players very well. And, you know, truth be told, I'm just trying to, I guess, get a sense because, like I said, I'm in D.C., you know, I'm not in the South Florida area. And and I'm looking at the, you know, the players that they have coming in. And, you know, they have some impact guys on there. I think Toronto Valentine, quiet is kept. I think he will be one of those guys that will be starting and making an impact in his first year because he's he's that good. He might, but it's hard, man. It's it's hard for a defensive tackle to come in as a freshman. It just is. But they might well, have to put him out there. They're going to expect him to play. I they think that kid, A'shaun Robinson, is playing very well at Alabama. He's from Texas, the Texas decommit. 
to play in Alabama now, and he, he's very stout at the point of attack. I just, I just, me personally, you know, I'm not sure if, if Jared Carrington is, uh, I, I probably murdered his name, but if he's coming on from Rivals at, at any time during this broadcast. But I, I guess Keen, I'm trying no, to get Keen, a chance. I left Keenan alone tonight because I figured we had enough to talk about. <laughs> but I guess <laughs> Maybe I'm, next I'm week trying to get it back. <laughs> that's fine, man. But I guess I'm trying to get a sense of, okay, which players do you think are not going to stick on this 2014 class? And and which players it can we be fair can we look at to, bringing in? It wouldn't be fair for me to start throwing those names out, to be honest with you. I don't want, you know, I mean, these are high school kids. I, mean, I, I just yeah, think yeah. There's, a couple, there's a couple on there that may have, I mean, that if things go well and they can get some better players that, you know, they may have to say, you know, hey, I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking we, at I can't. Like, you could go. <laughs> I'm looking at anybody who's a two-star or lower, I said, save Demetrius Jackson because I think he was seriously undervalued. Well, he's going to get, uh, his, his rating's going to go up here soon. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know. He, obviously, you know, Dennis might be one candidate. I'm not quite sure he's Miami level. We'll see. You know, but like I said, I don't want to really go there because that wouldn't be the right thing to do. Yeah, it wouldn't be the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, these are high school kids. So, all right, Kwame, you got anything that. else tonight? We got a, we got a full board I, here. I'm gonna, uh, I guess, I guess I'm just trying to get the, the, the latest recruiting buzz. You know, I, I, I want to know when is, when, is, when is Leonard Fournette hitting campus? That's what I want to know. I uh, don't know that yet. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one, though. I, I just don't see him getting out of that Alabama-LSU mode. Um, both Scarborough's the one to watch, in, in my opinion. Okay. All right? All right. All right, Kwame, give me a call again next week. You got it, man. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, let's go now to the um, – let's go to 770, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing good, Gary. What's going on? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, you – Oh, this is Coach. All right, Coach, what you got? Cool. Hey, you know, been on the boards, um, kind of seen everybody talking about skiing, and I, you know, I'm kind of like you. I just don't, I don't understand where they see it. Me personally, I just been, it's a, it's, it's a talent issue to me. Yeah, I don't know how you evaluate a team that, when you don't have good enough players. But it's just, it, to me, it's been that talent in that front seven. You know, like. Um, even guys who are, you know, who are playing good this year, like a Perryman, is still struggling, you know. And then you got Gaines he's and Armbrister. Perryman's not even. I mean, they, they say he's six foot. I mean, he's really probably five ten. But you small. look, but you look, they're, they're they're struggling in coverage, and it's it's a combination of all three of them. You know, with Gaines, with Armbrister, and even Perryman. Like even Perryman. In the tech game, he's playing the zone on the right side, or actually on the left side. If you're looking at it on the screen, and he sees the receiver flash right in front of his face, and instead of like instead of his zone, he lets him go because he's standing Logan Thomas. And what happens is that he throws the, the Logan throws right to that receiver, and it's a first down. Yeah. And I'm like the dude went right in front of your face, you know. And then people say, well, we're like you. I think you even said we're Figueroa. Well, I see Armbrister struggle in coverage when he can't get out get out to the flat. Then they put Cornelius in. Cornelius blows his coverage because he's supposed to be in the zone or, or a man. He stays in the zone because he reads the backfield. Then they put in Fig. Fig does the same thing, and then he's late to cover the outside flat, and then you see him clapping his hands like, oh, man, I missed that. So, I mean, yeah, and, like, and, and, like, and like, people sit in the stands and say, and people sit in the stands and say, fire Mark D'Onofrio. 
Exactly. You, you mean you, you sit there, you got arm wrestlers who not too enough. Then you, then you, then you put in Cornelius who blows his coverage, and then, and then people say, okay, well, and they look at the safety and say, well, Adrian Highsmith is garbage. Put in, put in um, Carter. But if you watch, look at last year with Jenkins. Jenkins one probably to me is one of the best players this year. But look at last year at Duke and him blowing coverages. And you're saying put in Carter, Jamal Carter, the, the, the freshman. You get the same result you got last year with, with, with Jenkins. Right. These dudes are not ready. You know, right. like and like so, and 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 to me, it's like you have to be able. You know, one thing that you know people bring up, they bring up like, well, is Miami not as talented as Wake Forest or Duke or or Michigan State or Syracuse? But I always come back and say, well, well, one, look at the draft. Look, the draft will tell you are we talented are, are, defensively if, at those schools. Yeah, but what if those what if those kids are smarter? Did anybody like you know? You don't want to say it. You don't want to. You don't want to knock the smarts of kids. But, but I mean, you know, what if they're you know if Duke is holding that same Virginia Tech offense that scored um, what was the total? Well, I think it was forty. <laughs> I've tried to forget the score of the game the other night. But um, yeah, if, if that same Duke team um, can hold a Virginia Tech team to put forty-two on Miami to ten points, I mean they're. They're doing something right now. They had four turnovers, I know, and and you know maybe there was shared blame to that, but you know I don't think they're better athletically, you know, but but they might be smarter kids that don't leave receivers running loose, you know, the way that but Miami's see, been doing. But you see a lot a lot of those kids, you know, also redshirted, which is an advantage that we haven't really had here at Miami. Yeah. We haven't had an advantage of, of redshirting kids. You know, I think it's good that you don't see guys like Hamilton and Moore playing this year. Let them guys yeah. sit. Let's, let's get bigger. Let them learn. Well, that's you know, what's happening. You, but... you, you see teams like, like Alabama redshirt most of their defensive linemen. Florida State, they redshirt a lot of the kids they got from last year. A lot of them guys, ain't, a lot of guys are not playing. Keith Bryant's not playing. We need him. J.N.R. Boss is not playing at Florida. He's redshirting. We need him. We missing yeah, those Matthew guys. Thomas wasn't playing much. Yeah, no, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. And you know, I don't want to so, be I mean, all reckless we're, we're here. You know, kids. you know, you, I don't want to be reckless and 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 you know, throw kids under the bus and stuff. But you know, there's a lot of things that go into this. I mean, these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids making rapid fire decisions um, under pressure in football stadiums with you know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand people, you know, hovering over them. You know, and a na- and but, national television and national television audiences. You know, it's it's but, not. But as, as fans, but as fans, we can. Al Golden and, and Mark Nussdorf, they can't. I mean, you you can hear the Al's voice on the on the Joe show when he's answering questions. He wants to say, "Look, we're just not as talented. People think we back. We're not back. Yeah, we're building. But he, he but he can't say that because then yeah, if they say that, they can't say that games Arn Brister or you know, no suck. You know, they can't I don't, say I don't that. Have they the lose. Talent. Yeah, they lose their locker room. They can't say that. And a, yeah. a coach can never say he doesn't have enough talent. So, you know, exactly. you, you go out there, you do the best you can. Al Golden's got all the job security a coach could ever want, and they just got to keep moving it forward. And I still say that if they win nine or ten games this year, even though you're disappointed at the way they got blown out by Virginia Tech in a game where they had that monsoon of turnovers that kind of put them behind but, the eight ball um, – you know, but if they win that what? game the other Stillers. night and they go uh, and they go eleven and one, I mean, my God, I mean, you know, do you realize what a great season that will be? Now, you know, I don't think they're out of the woods yet. I think they got a couple tough games here down the stretch, but um, I yeah, think I mean, if they get out of here, you know, nine wins. You no, know, Duke and Pitt. Yep. 
Duke and Pitt are going to be tough games, and you know Virginia's given them problems. I don't think they will this year, but um, nine wins, ten wins, it's got to be looked at as a forward movement. I mean, but, all right, like, you got, any, you got anything else tonight? Yeah, I just got like basically one more thing. Um, you know, and talking about schemes. Yeah, people talking about schemes on offense and how we don't run this crossing route, that crossing route. If you actually look at it, we do run those crossing routes. Steven just over throws the ball or he throws the ball into the ground where the receiver has to go down and get it. So he doesn't have time to actually catch the ball and keep running like he should be able to run, like you see totally. with guys like A.J. McCarron and, and James Winston. You know, yep, totally, they're, they're, totally agree. Those 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 passes are there. It's just Stevens just either overthrowing them or throwing them into the ground where the guy can, or throwing them behind him like he threw at Walford a lot where the guy can't keep running. Yeah, I don't see any issues with the Miami playbook. I really don't. But that's all I had. I'll, I'll let you all right, get give the rest us a call. of the game. I know they want to get on. You got to give us a call again next week. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's go out now to the um, the eight five zero where you are now live. On Kane Sport Live, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Doing good. How you doing? All right, man. Who's this? Hey, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. Uh, it's Jay. All right, Jay. Hey, I wanna address it. I wanna, I wanna ask you something. If I know they say uh, the scheme might not be working and the linebackers might not be doing their jobs, or we might have had an athlete. If those front four get pressure and and cause havoc, like we see a lot of teams around the nation doing, does that make Everybody else look better. Of course, but they don't. They don't. They, they don't get pressure because they yeah. don't have that type of physical ability. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I want. I want to ask you something too. Give me your four. Give me your four best. Your four best linemen on that defense right now. Who you'd have out there most of the game? Renfro. Um, I'd probably go Renfro and Pierre at the tackles. Because Curtis Porter, just to me, is always a disappointment, and I would probably just to shake, just to change things a little bit, I would probably go um, Muhammad just to give him a, ch- a chance and see what exactly. he can do. Exactly, I said that. I said that. I um, told somebody that. You know, I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see what he can do as a, uh, on first down. You know, we've only seen him on third down this year, but he's a true third freshman. Down. Exactly. He should be exactly. being redshirted. It's, it's like yeah, that's how bad exactly. it is. I'm sitting here saying that a true freshman should play, could play more defensive end when he should be being redshirted. Um, yeah. I, and the fourth, God, you know, I mean, I, I think you'd have to go a combination of either Shayon or Chicolo and, and then bring in and then bring in McCord on, uh, for pass rush. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I feel like Muhammad should play more. I don't just like seeing them guys coming on third down. I mean, the guys got a motor. But he's a chance, freshman. Play. You know. Yeah, he's a freshman. Yeah, he's a um, true, true freshman. He should be being redshirted. I got another question. Do you, why don't why don't we see the screen more, man? I mean, you know, because Stephen Morris, Stephen Morris has been struggling to throw it the last month. Actually, the the last yeah. six weeks, really. Yeah, he, he 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 because he's having trouble pushing off. He's having a hard time getting the ball over the lineman to the back. So I don't know if you've noticed the last, I think, three screen yeah, passes. I've, I've, I've run. noticed it. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. The ball's getting batted down because he's not, he's not getting the, the, the lift on the ball and, and, and he's having a hard time executing it. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you think we have the, 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 the cornerbacks capable enough to play, to play man like a whole game? Do you, you know, cause I see a lot of zone. I mean, I don't I, know if them guys, are, are, I don't know if they have it or if they don't, man. I really can't. I don't know I if I'd seen... want to put them out there. 
on an island like that for a whole game. I, I don't know, man. I mean, Ladarius Gunner's doing a really nice job this year. I think Tracy Howard's taking a big step forward. But putting him in man press coverage for an entire game, I don't know. Uh, I would say yeah. no. <laughs> no. I would say that yeah. that would probably be problematic. Yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's a nerve wracking game in game out. I mean, give a, give give away, give us back those turnovers. You never know with the VTech game, we might be sitting here. Oh, they would have won the but, game. No, no, they would have yeah. won that ball game. Momentum if they don't turn. If they don't turn that well, ball over three times like that, they would not have lost that game. Yeah, I don't it's think a, it's a momentum shift. That Coley yep. one that took away all our momentum just like that. I mean, it's oh, probably with the fourteen zip game going into a hard game for VT. The hey, overcoming man, you know? one of those, overcoming one of those is hard enough in a football game. You're going to try to overcome three. <laughs> it's tough, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, you got right, anything else man, tonight? Yeah. Nah, that's it, man. I just wanted, to, uh, I just wanted to hear you out, man. But I appreciate your show, man. All right. Thanks for calling. Uh, we appreciate you, and give us a call next week. All right, let's okay, go now. You, to, all righty, let's go now to the um, the two five three, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Good, Gary. How are you? Doing good. Who's this? Good. Uh, this is Joe. Hey, Joe. Uh, what you got? What's going on? So, um, so a couple of things. First of all, uh, Gary, in, in your opinion, do we have at this very stage? Do we have the recruiting class? that in your mind is going to be able to give us the depth and the symmetry to win the games like we lost at FSU and like we lost at home to VTech. In your mind, as it stands now, say we make it to signing day, we sign everybody that we have verbally committed, do we have those people that people are hankering that we don't have talent? Do we have that class lined up to give us that ability? You know, I think there's some movement in the right direction. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, Chad Thomas is, should be a very good player. Um, Demetrius Jackson has a chance to be a decent prospect, I, I think. Um, I've heard good things about Michael Weiss. Obviously, haven't gotten a seal out of him. Um, but, you know, that, that supposedly is a decent pickup at defensive tackle. Trevante Valentine, I think, is a very good prospect as a young um, defensive tackle. Big fan of Darian Owens, the defensive back that they're going to end up playing at linebacker. That kid's a hitter um, and, and is a, a Miami-type player. I think he's going to be a good pickup. Um, there's some of the, a couple other guys that I'm just not sure about. I'm not sure Nigel Bethel is big enough. Um, I think I'd like to see them get bigger at corner, but they made a decision. They were going to um, either take him or, or Lamans, and, and they chose Nigel Bethel as their small corner that maybe can play the slot on third down. Um, and he's got such great speed, and he's from Booker T. So I think you got to take him. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure um, how Ryan Mays is going to make the conversion. He's a high school quarterback right now. They're going to try to, as of right now, the plan is to try to make him a defensive back. Um, I'm not sure about Trent Harris. Haven't really seen enough of him. Um, I'm not sure about Cortell Jenkins, another undersized defensive tackle from up north. Um, Let's see who else. Uh, Jawan Young is a bigger linebacker. They're trying to get big um, at the linebacker position. Um, you know, so we'll see how, how that one works out. Um, I'm not sure about Dennis Turner, who's playing wide receiver this year. 
converting into a cornerback, you know. So there's a few of them. I'm not, you know, I don't, and, and it doesn't mean anything just because I don't have a firm conviction. Um, but I, I, you know, I think there's some good players in there. I think that they, they need to keep the push on to bring in elite players into the program. And that's why I would not be surprised if between now and the first week of February, there's a little bit of, of change on that list, as well as obviously some new names being added to it. Yeah, the, the reason why I ask, Gary, is because I think that one of the, and probably the most important criteria after seeing the debacle in Tallahassee, one of the most important criteria in my mind when evaluating a recruit is we have to ask ourselves, can we win? Can we beat FSU with this kid? You know, obviously, they, I mean, it was a gross disparity between what we have and what they have, and it was, it was shocking and it was embarrassing, I'll be honest. Yes. Yeah. You know, to see the, the, the difference in caliber. And, uh, you know, people will argue back and forth that we, it was the scheme or whatever, but I, I just don't really see any of our guys no. alongside any of their guys performing to the level that we need them to in no. order to beat those Did you see that those, offensive those lineman on that, on that one screen pass running down the field? That was oh, unbelievable. Massive, fast, strong. See his name. I mean, the guy guys was unbelievable. That, I mean, and, and I don't think that we have that, you know. And it's hard for me, like you, to blame D'Onofrio or to blame uh, Coley for I'm those not. types of shortcomings, you know. I'm not going to blame him. Yeah, I'm on your side with that thing, you know. But but I think that the criteria needs to be, when we look at a recruit, whether they come to camp or we get a film of them, the criteria, number one, should be, can we beat FSU with this player? And I if agree. It's, That's if it's, where they uh, need to do a better I job. I don't know. Yeah then we don't waste our time with that. Correct. You know? And that right there, Joe, is is what needs to get better. I, I totally – that is a very fair um, judgment, and I totally agree that that's what needs to get better. And they've, they've – because of circumstances, whether it be you know Al Golden having six weeks in his first recruiting class, the NCAA cloud hanging over the last two, I think they've been forced to take some guys that don't pass the mustard – by that criteria that you just mentioned, and and that's what's got to change. Because I mean, to get to our goal, to get back to the promised land, we're going to have to go through Tallahassee. Yeah, that's that's just the bottom line and the story. Jimbo has done such a good job, and honestly, Jimbo hasn't had to fight the things that we've had to fight. To his credit, yep. he's kept up what Bowden has laid down as a foundation. Well, and they had a quality but, thing going when Bowden was there too. I mean, it wasn't oh, yeah, like their definitely. program was in the dumper. They it might not have been up to their standards. And that's why they ushered Bowden into retirement. But it's not like, you know, I mean, Jimbo was there. They had always had a good coaching staff even when Bowden was there. So it's not like Jimbo took over a, um, a depleted team. Yeah, no, I agree totally, totally. Well, you know, I just wanted to put that out there because I, I think there's a, there's a subjective measurement on, especially on the board, as to whether or not it's scheme versus players. And I would argue I would argue if we lined our guys up one-on-one compared to FSU, which in my opinion this year is the standard, okay, especially in our league. If we lined them up one by one, nobody in their right mind would be able to say, I would take our guy over that guy. You know, obviously retrospectoscope is 20-20, and we lost to him by a lot. And so our shortcomings are just magnified. I I, I would personally take Duke Johnson over Devontae Freeman, but – I mean that does, but Devontae Freeman's plenty good. So I mean, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. There's, there's very few instances where that would be the case. Yeah, 
And my, my, my other thing is, you know, I, I've seen a couple of games where, you know, because of these shortcomings, D'Onofrio has really tried to become uh, aggressive but in creative ways, like, you know, Cheyenne Green going out into the flat to do a to do a, 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 a zone blitz coming off the other side with the corner or, or, the, or the other uh, linebacker. He's, try, he's trying but everything. If we're... Yeah, if we're going to be able to do that, why don't we try and do that with somebody who is athletically at least superior to Cheyenne, like McCord? You know, we were breeding, we we were talking about this guy being a hybrid linebacker defensive end. Yep. That's the perfect type of guy you want to be in there to do a to do one of those zone blitzes. Cheyenne Green has no business covering anybody out of the backfield or covering a short route on on a like a stick no. route from a receiver has no has no no business being out there, you know. And so no I, I would like to see our staff put more athleticism, even though we're limited, put more athleticism on the field and Paul, and, and take sort of huh? yeah and, and but but and take sort of like the yep. Pete the Pete Carroll thing, you know. The Pete Carroll used to he used to put everybody on the field that he thought and, and given that they're all going to make mistakes. But he used to put people on the field that he thought when they made a good play, it was a spectacular play. I think, I think AQM and I think Tyreek McCord have far uh, have, have superseded expectations that they deserve to be on the field more than they have been. You know, just being where they're at and, and well, understanding. Like, you're, you're talking about a freshman again. You know, I mean, and yeah. he really he shouldn't even be doing what he's doing. I I agree with that, but we just yeah. don't have we don't have the horses. We don't have That's the horses. problem. Period. And the more you keep playing these true freshmen like they've been doing, it's, to me, it's just going around in circles. But there's, what are they going to do, you know? Yeah. All right, Joe, you got anything and else then, tonight? Uh, yeah, one, one last thing, Gary. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, at the VTech game, I thought, like, with the exception of the knee down by, McDon- by O'Donnell, that this guy's really been one of the biggest players that we've – that we've had in the last year. I mean, he's really he's given us a good edge up in in in, in special teams. Yeah, he's awesome. Do, are we actively are we actively participating in recruiting somebody who can change the the leverage of the field like that? So I'm that's sure the guy that, that's the guy I, that I don't. You know, we have not been able to identify who that person might be at this point. You know, but um, I'm obviously they're looking for a punter for next year. They got to be as good as, as, as O'Donnell, man. Yeah, well, we didn't know O'Donnell was coming here at this time last year, so. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, man. Hey, I really enjoy all right, the Joe. show all the time. I yep, thanks. Yeah, you know, give us a holler next week. It. All right, let's go now to the um, the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, how's it going, Gary? Go, doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Sergio. All right, Sergio, what you got? Uh, just a quick, quick question. I know it's kind of a long shot, but. You know, with this little seven million renovation plan for the facilities and the new practice field, do you ever see? Uh, I know it's probably a, a question you ask a lot, but another Orange Bowl? You know? No. No, not at all. Um, I mean, you got a lot of land over there, at Tropical Park. That I mean, it's not out of the question that one day somebody might come forward and. And and have some money or something that, that that they put up and 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 that the university could go to Dade County and say, hey, if we pay for this facility, would you allow us to put it on your land? I mean, not out of the question, but 
Yeah. On campus, no chance. There's nowhere to put it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, and just another question. Um, uh, I don't know, but I'm not a big fan of Matt Gaudis. He's missed a couple of easy field goals. Do you know about next year's situation? We're getting another kicker? Or are we going to keep him? I don't know. I, I think they'll keep him. You know, I think you know. I think that he's you know he's a, he's a young kicker that you know yeah he's missed a few kicks this year, but I don't think it's to the point where they're going to abandon him and and devote a scholarship to another kicker at this point. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Gary. All right. Thanks for calling. Give us a call down the road. Let's go now to the um, the seven seven zero where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Here. Yes, sir. Man, this is Steven from Southridge, man. These guys, your guys, y'all making me sick to my stomach, man. <laughs> hey, I missed you. I missed you. I missed you the other day at the uh, booth, man. I got there late because of the rain. I came right. by y'all was. But man, me and my wife, that was a that was her first game, man. That was embarrassing, man. And all this yeah, stuff but... about this and put pointing the finger at these kids. I'm not having it anymore. Y'all, I'm not. Stop it right there. Don't even say okay, it anymore. Okay, I'm not. I'm saying we it's shared. We went through this with Randy Shannon. Next year. Next year. This class is going to be better than that class. You know, every year, the players are not getting developed. They look like they're lost, and all of that comes from practice, intensity, and confidence. And these coaches are not getting the good. I would I'd get rid of all of them. What does Miami become? If this is what we want to be, 9 or 10, we want to win championships. And that cost of talking about he'll put our players up against the other players and they couldn't stand up against Florida State players, of course not under the coaching they're getting, under the tutorage, or however you say it. Sorry about that. But I would like to see them if they were in a Nick Saban or in Jimbo Fisher or Les Miles getting coached up for them by them for a year or two from freshman to junior, or from sophomore to being a senior. I would like to see that and see how they look. Man, um, what's our linebacker name? Pyramid out of Card Gables? That kid was a stud coming out of high school. Same was on the offensive lineman. Yeah, he's still a stud, but people talking about this and talking about that. And Central Henderson, who we can't seem to get right, I would like to see that kid if he would have um, went to Alabama or, or Florida State. See what he would look like in next system. People need to cut it out, fault these kids. Those players from Virginia Tech was running wide, wide open. Not a, not a player from Miami with their 20 yards the whole game. Bail out of that defense and you sell out. You make the effort out of the coach. But why, like, let me ask you, Steven, Steven, let me stop you for a minute now because here's where I think, you know, you got to, like, just chill out a little bit. When, when those receivers are running with nobody near them, do, do you really believe that in the scheme that's being run that that's supposed to happen? Yes, I, not really, but what's no. There was supposed no, to be no, somebody no, running no, with that's them. A trick, that's, a trick, that's a trick question. Because when I watched our players, they dropping back. Everybody bailed them before. No, I'm like, somebody's supposed to be someone? picking that guy up. Yeah, somebody's supposed to, but when you watch play after play after play, and you look to the sideline and you don't see the coach huddled up with his players, the Navio ain't come down out of the box and tell him, hey, get this shit right. Excuse my language, I'm so sorry. Hey, but somebody Steve, it's cool, but listen, 
Hey, like coaches alone, there's four of them on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, um, now it's the position coach's responsibility to make sure that the guys at their position are mentally prepared for the ball game. So that's not just Mark D'Onofrio. Okay, so you know, but the other thing I'm going to point out to you is the last time that people took this approach and said, fire all of them 10 years ago, okay? And probably was the biggest mistake this program ever made because this program has not been the same since that day that Pete Garcia talked Paul D into forcing Larry Coker to fire Art Kehoe, um, Don Solinger, Vernon Hargrave, and I forget who the fourth was. Um, you know, this program has not been the same since. You know, Larry Coker lasted one more season. Then Randy Shannon's come in, and he lasted four seasons. And now you've got Al Golden at the end of his third season. And, you know, I'm not saying Coach Golden will make a change or not make a change. That's his call. He works with those guys every day. But I'm just saying firing everybody is not always the answer. Look, look, I might be wrong on that, but where I'm at now, I'm leaning on the side of these coaches ain't getting it done. When I look around college football – and I watch a lot of games. It's, it's, man, something, you know, it's just something to watch. And every week we can't correct that. I'm not, you know, it, it, and then to blame these kids like, you know, come on, man. If, if I believe if our kids was with Nick Saban, these kids would look totally different. What you think? If they was with Fisher, they had the chance to be in that system. I hate to say it. But, you know, people talking about paying them to Florida State players, why not comparing them if they were getting the culture that Florida State players are getting? How would they look? I think that's that be, total, total, total speculation. Yeah, that's, yeah, but what I'm saying, yeah, it's, it's speculation, so they need to stop it because it's unfair to the kids. We can't – I can say it's the coaches, and they can say it's the players, but really, you know, we all speculating, but somebody's right. And, you know, I, I, I was just sick to my stomach, man, out there watching that. It, it was Steven, like, I, I, it was like, I, go ahead. I, re- I really think I'm spot on on this one, and I keep saying it over and over again. They're alternately the, – got coaches, you got players. They're alternately failing each other from different moment to different moment. I think they're all in it together. Um, there's clearly a, a disconnect at times. Um, obviously, there's some issues. But I don't think it's I don't think it's just the players. I don't think it's can, just the coach. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Do you think we can win a championship, Al Golden leading the Miami Hurricanes? And how long do you think it's going to take? Because that's what we need to justify. I, I, I think yes. I think yes. I think it's I, I think it's going to take the same length of time that it took all the other guys that did it. It took Howard Schnellenberger probably the best coach that's ever been in this program five years. It took Butch Davis, uh, probably one of the best talent evaluators that college football has ever seen, and a great recruiter. It took him six years to get the team into double digits, and it wasn't until year seven of that reclamation that Miami was ready to compete for a championship. Okay. This is year three. We went on probation when he got here. You've been on probation the last two years, Stephen. Steven, you've been on probation. You might not be calling it probation, but you've been on probation the last two years. Yeah, I, know trying that. To I know that, Gary. I'm talking about but Bush Davis 
when it took him six years to get his players right, he when we went on probation, and then Larry Coker took his team and won. I know, the next but but Butch did his best recruiting when they were on probation. <laughs> that's when yeah. Butch was at his best. You know why? Because he 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 didn't have twenty five scholarships. They only had fifteen or seventeen, and they had to be so precise in their talent evaluations. It forced them to raise the level of their game as recruiters, and, and that's why they they were able to put together the the may arguably the best team in college football history. You're making my point, Gary. Butch did his best. You say we was on probation the last three years. We've been doing okay in recruiting. You know, we've been yeah. doing, we ain't been, we ain't been bad. Have, we, ain't been like, we ain't been great, but we ain't been terrible. And yeah, but you weren't, you weren't losing 10, 15 guys a year back then, the way they are, they have been the last couple of years. Well, like I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a program that's got, this is a major reconstruction going on here. You know, but you know why I think we losing people? Why do you think we losing them? Because they're not being evaluated well enough coming out of high school, you know, uh, from a but, character standpoint. I mean, look at who, you know, look at all the guys: Ivory, Eddie Johnson. Um, God, I mean, I don't I have the list in front of me right now, but you could just go on and on and on. Johnny Paul. I mean, these are all guys: the Finney, the cornerback from Central. I mean, you could go on and on and on. These are guys that never should have been signed. And, and you keep, you keep losing all these players like this. It's like being on probation. You've been on probation. Look, all right. I'm getting here, that, Steven. All right, make yeah, one last I, point. I, then I got to let some other people get in here because we're down to our last 24 minutes. So. I got you. I got you. But whose job is it to evaluate these kids and know that that when you bring in a kid, you 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 see something in them and you think you can uh, develop them and get them to play. You. It's the position well, coach's job. You, the you, you, right, you know, you you really rely a lot on your position coaches there. They're they're the foot soldiers uh, out there in recruiting. The, the coordinators, to a lesser extent, the head coach gets one visit. So you know he's really got to count on you know his staff doing that due diligence. And you know I think it's just been an adjustment period. They need to tighten up. They need this, to tighten that thing. that part of the program up. Yes. <laughs> tighten up. I'm a Leave me a hole, because I'm going to listen. I'm going to keep listening. Thanks All right, Steven. Yeah. Oh, oh. hey, always, always appreciate your call. It's always one of the highlights of the show. Well, I'm sure we'll talk uh, to you again next week. All right. All right, let's go out now to the um, – let's go to the 205, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? How you doing tonight, Jer? Oh, man. I, boy, Steven, the, when he calls, man, you get you get all fired up. Yeah, you do. How you doing tonight? Doing good. What's up? Who's this? This is Jimmy, man. Calling from Birmingham, Alabama, man. All right. I'm going All right, Jimmy, through what it you out got? here, man. What you got for us? Man, my my thing is, if Steven Mars has been hurt, why is he not sitting down? That's what well, I don't I understand. Mean, I, Ryan, honestly, the backup, because he, he's, he's, he's that far away the best guy. I, I, I mean, Ryan that, Williams Ryan, made a lot of progress, but Steven Morris is flat the best guy. And it's a senior okay. season. Yeah, I understand. You know, understand. you owe it. You it's owe it to your seniors. Season. You owe it to your seniors yeah, to right give them a shot to make the pros, man. You can't if you're going to take a you're senior right. like Stephen Morris and throw him on the bench. I mean, you better have a lot of reason because you know these kids. You know, it, this is their future. You know, and and you can't make you're an right. argument. 
Ryan Williams is a better quarterback than Stephen Morris. No, not saying that. But he at the time he's more more mobile. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could tell when Stevens out there, not he can't really. really move like he needs to. I mean, I'm, I mean, Williams just looking at him mobile. now. I wouldn't call yeah, Ryan he's Williams not mobile. mobile. I'm not calling him mobile all the way. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, he's a little more mobile than what Steven has been in the last couple of weeks. I mean, you could tell, like you were saying earlier, he wasn't able to step into his throws, and you can see that even when he's had had to all the way out the pocket, he couldn't he couldn't move any. You know, and you could see that. But I mean, my, well, it's, it's nothing I, I have a feeling Steven. that I think he's, he's a great always... quarterback. I got a feeling he was not always as forthright about how he was feeling. I mean, I think Stephen Morris yeah. wanted to be out there. It's his senior year. You know, he's trying to audition yeah. for the National Football League. I think he wanted to be on the field. I mean, there's probably a couple weeks there where he, he probably could have sat yeah. out, but he might have, you know, told yeah. the trainers and coaches he was feeling better than what he really was. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, too, you know, he doesn't have to audition for the league. They know what he's, his potential is. I mean, they've talked about him all offseason. He's a great player, you know, and I can't take anything from that. Now, um, getting back to this Virginia Tech game, man, that game there, man, I mean, that that was terrible. You know, you, you talk about the defensive line. Chickalo and those guys have been doing a decent job, a decent job, enough to where if you apply a little bit more pressure, you know, to the quarterback as far as coming on with a blitz, you know, things would look a little different. But my thing is we're, di- we're, we're blitzing on the wrong downs. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying there? I mean, what's the write down? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> what's the write down? The blitz? Seriously, seriously, what's the write down? I mean, I mean, if you're gonna come after them, go after them second down. I mean, you wait the third down, and, and you know, everybody knows you're gonna dial up pressure. I'm, everybody listen, knows. And, and I was watching that in, in that Florida State game. They were blitzing on every down. There, there were blitzes on first down. <laughs> there were blitzes on second down. There were blitzes on third down. Yeah, I've never seen State Mark Donofrio blitz as much as he blitzed in the Florida State game. Yeah, but that was an exception. I mean, we had no other choice but to blitz every down. That was the only now, way the we other night, they probably kind of didn't want to blitz too much because they were probably afraid Logan Thomas would be running all over the damn place. Yeah, but that was he had the, probably the best game of his his whole year Saturday yes, night. Did. You know, that game there probably, yeah, probably would have Well, they made, it, they made it very easy on him. It was very easy to complete yeah, all those did. balls. But let me ask no. you this question. Do you think by not having an on-site stadium hurts us recruiting? No. You don't think so? I mean, I think if you had one that was filled, it would help. But I don't, I don't yeah. think, you know, I, I, and I don't think the attendance situation helps any. Um, you know, certainly yeah. with the elite players being recruited by the SEC schools. But, um, you know, Miami's always been able to get players. You know, there's, there's so yeah, many I mean, homegrown there's so many homegrown players down here. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. I keep up with all that. But you know, living here in Alabama, like I said, you 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 look at what they offer. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, that's one of the things that attract all the players. You know, they they get that right off the bat. You understand what yep. I'm saying? And so you know, I just I just feel like that would help along with that seven million dollar new stadium that the practice field they're talking about building now. So you know, I just look at things like that. And, you yeah, know, I wouldn't I, hold my breath. I talk. And, there's yeah, a big difference between okay. seven million and a couple hundred million. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. All right, well, that's all I have. All right, Thank you, buddy. Th- thanks for giving us a call. Uh, give us a call again next week. All right, let's go out now to the um, 407, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 
Hey, what's going on, Gay? Yeah, doing great. Thanks for holding on. Who's this? Uh, this is Jay, man, calling from Orlando, man. Hey, All right, what's up, we Jay? Gotta get that, we got to get that defense right, man. You think? Yeah, man. I mean, I talked to you la- last week about that, man. I just want to see us go back to an attacking style 4-3, man, running cover two man behind it, maybe some cover three, cover, you know, cover four, you know, maybe even um, do a lot of stunts with the linemen. But I think these guys would be better off, man, and just give them a gap. Simplify the defense for them. Don't be having these guys switch up in different types of uh, different types of defenses. Just get in a 4-3, learn the basics, learn. You know, this is your gap. Do your job. That's all you have to do. Do your job. On a particular plate, you know where you're supposed to be. Do your job. I think they just need to go back to teaching the basics of a defense, different coverages, and then understanding what the other team is trying to do against them. Like another well, thing they, that I'm I mean, saying, they, like, they are primarily a first down four three team, right? Like it, I well, mean, well, they, they they do, but see, because it looks like he's running a, a three four, and there's well, he is confusion. on second down. You know, he is when he yeah. starts to scheme a little bit. Yeah, I, I but, would love I mean, to see them go back to that, man. Because I see the guy at Michigan State running an attacking 4-3, and, and it's, it's such a simple defensive scheme. And when you have undersized players, you know, you, you use that to your advantage. You, you know, you get in your gap, you beat them with, you know, strength and speed. Not necessarily size, but strength and speed. Where you could get into trouble is when you play a team like Alabama because it's going to be very difficult to, to take on an offensive line like that for three or four quarters, you know. But uh-huh. they gotta, they gotta do something, man. It, it, a four-three attacking four-three is a very, very simple defense. I mean, I, I'm looking at the linebackers, man. They even this past week, the guy runs the isolation at you. You gotta meet that thing in the hole, man. I mean, you gotta, you gotta make it happen on their line of scrimmage. It just seems that then they don't, they're not watching a lot of film, or better yet, I don't know if they know how to watch film if their eye is trained uh, to look at different cadence and looking at the offensive line split, looking at if those guys have a lot of weight on their hands, you know, if they don't, you know, it's a pass play. Understanding formations. It's like it's, it's, it's easy. And it's like I don't understand what these coaches are teaching these guys. You know, I, well, we I don't, don't know, it, you know. Man. We don't I, know. I'm, but, just saying, I'm just saying for me, man, I've watched a lot of other teams and I'm not saying Miami got talent. Now, whether that talent fits the scheme that he's trying to run, I don't know. But Miami got serious talent. And if you took they, those they, players. I, I, take the serious. You're losing me when you add that serious word, okay? They don't have serious talent. They have, so, they have so, some, ta- so, they have so, some so, talented kids. Here. But I'm not sure that there's an impact player in any scheme. So let me ask you this here, Gary. So when Pete, before Pete Carroll went to USC, he took that talent the first two, first two years, and he turned it around fast. When Nick Saban went to Alabama, they had the same play. He turned that program around in two years, man. They, they, you're Miami talking, you're talking about the best power. coach in the game. Nick Saban's the best. But see, that, he's the best talent evaluator. He's the best recruiter. He's the best CEO. He's the best game day coach. Did you watch that Alabama LSU game? Well, it was the same time as our game, but I happen to have it on on a little TV. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. 
the minute LSU started to get momentum in that game when they pulled even with Alabama and, and, and the tides seemed like it was turning a little bit towards LSU, he pulled off mm-hmm. that fake punt, and LSU was never heard from again the rest of the game. I mean, that guy yeah, just mean, has a great feel. He's got a great feel. He's a great coach. He, he's, um, he's a spectacular CEO. Um, I mean, I can't say enough about Nick Saban, but, you know, it's not fair. You can't compare Al Golden to Nick Saban. All I'm saying, Gary, man, is this, man. All I'm saying is I would even be in favor of Tommy Tuberville, somebody that knows how to run a defense, man. Get them down there, man. I head coach job. I I, I know he would. I know he would, but what I'm saying is I like Al Golden as a head coach. I think Al Golden is a great head coach. He's a very good CEO, good, and, and he's going to be I successful here. I just think it's, he needs to evaluate his, 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 his defensive coordinator because I think the offense, it, the offense will come around. The offense will be fine. But to me, the defense, man, you, you, can't, you can't have guys out there, man, not pass rushing, just basically jogging. I mean, he should be literally running the living crap out of these what guys. What they have to figure out is why they're having the problems they're having. That's what, he, that's what Al Golden has to figure out. Why are we turning receivers loose and having then somebody cover? The other covered? thing that I'm why? surprised about, Gary, the other thing I wanted to ask you, now, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, I'm hearing you say that they only have four defensive coach? Well, defensive you got a D-line coach, you got a linebacker's coach, um, you got a DB coach. See, that's the problem right there, man, because you should have a defensive end coach spending more time developing those guys. You have an interior lineman coach. coaches on a staff at NCAA rules. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's not a matter of UM being cheap and not having enough coaches. You're only allowed to have so many. All I'm saying, man, we that right now, right now, he we need some serious help on that defensive line, man. What, what position is D'Onofrio coaching? Is he coaching the linebackers? He, or what he is he coaching? No, he's, he doesn't coach a position. He's the coordinator. See, Jethro that's Franklin, the problem. Jethro Franklin coaches the D-line. Michael Barrow coaches the linebackers. Paul Williams coaches the DBs. See, that, that's the problem, man. Your D coordinator needs to be involved in coaching. Um, if he doesn't coach anything, at least coach the defensive line, man. That's the heart and soul of the defense, man. That's sure where it all starts. He floats, you know, he floats around and helps out. But my point is, it's a team effort. And if there's a problem within the team, that's Al Golden's job to figure that out. But, but I think it's a lot more complicated right now than just saying fire Mark D'Onofrio. I don't think. I don't no, think no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not saying fire him. I, I, I'm willing to give him another two years to get this thing turned around. All I'm saying is get away from the multiple packages, man. Just get back to a straight attacking 4-3. Tell Leg- these legitimate guys, point. Keep it simple, stupid, and get them good at that. Exactly. That, that might be, I mean, that's, you what, might that's be what those right. guys did back in the 80s and 90s with Miami. They yeah. weren't running complicated schemes. They no, told those guys, no, they look, were not. this is your gap. This is your yeah. gap. When that ball snaps, you better be in your gap. Even if it's a run play, get in your gap. Get in your right. gap. You got to think the front four will make the linebackers look good. They would also make the secondary look good. Man, they need to spend a lot of time on that D line, man. A lot of yep. time. And, ho- and I hopefully, don't think it's not, hopefully it's not as it's far away as it looks like it is. And then I'm, I want to make this last comment, Gary, because I know you got other people. But the yeah, only thing I want to try to get a few more people in here. I, I will say this, man. Um, I would bring in a whole, uh, uh, at least five or six JUCO guys, my incoming freshman class. Red, show them all, man. Get them in the weight room. Teach them the defense. Get them watching film. 
just just don't put those guys on the field right now, man. I'm out, right, man. Thank you. All right. Hey, thanks for calling. Give us a shout next week. All right. We hey, got, keep uh, going, Jerry. Uh, too late. <laughs> I think it's too late. No, maybe not. Um, all right, we got about ten minutes of show left. Um, let's shoot on out now to the. Um, let's go to the five six one where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey Gary, how are you? Doing good. This Who's is in? Mark from Boca Raton. This is Mark from hey. Boca Raton. Enjoy the, sh- enjoy up, the show. Enjoy the show. A couple things. One, I think people have to just sit back a little bit and understand that um, what Randy committed here was basically coaching malpractice. And uh, <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the day, it's the lawyer in me speaking. And at the end of the day, that's what kind of Al has inherited. It was, you know, it's it's as bad as it can it could possibly be. Without being on probation, um, it was just a, you know, I think if Donna could change one decision she she has made over the past ten years, that would have been it. Um, but we have to move forward. I do think that Eddie Johnson, Gianni Paul, and Storm Johnson would look, would look pretty good on this roster right now. We we kind of need all three of them. But um, Bad characters, I, I think, man. Bad characters, yeah. which means you can't you can't sign kids like that. They'll disappoint you and they'll ruin your program. And you know, sure. imagine sure. taking just those two guys, Gianni Paul and Eddie Johnson, and and putting them on this team right now as impact linebackers to join Denzel Perriman. Makes it yep. it would make the whole difference in the world, you know. And you just can't yep. overcome that. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It's a, it's at the it's at the evaluation at the pre-evaluation point where you have to just decide that I, I don't want these kind of kids on my roster. But I really think at the end of the day that the state of the program is really based upon the fact, or, or, or I should say not based upon the fact that we have not had a top-flight quarterback since Ken Dorsey. And it's just been one nightmare after the other from Carl Wright to Kirby Freeman to Corey, Stephen Morris. Um, you know, just – the one shot we had at someone who was an impact guy was Teddy Bridgewater, and we all know what happened there. So I guess at the end of the day, it comes down to does Kevin Olson and or Brad Kaya have what it takes to basically lead us to the promised land. And, or Malik um, Rozier. Don't forget about him. He, yeah, he's coming or, in or also. Malik Rozier. Right. I mean, because we know that last year's evaluation, or two years ago with Gray Crow and Preston Dewey, was just abysmal. So um, we, um, you know, we have to do a better job there. But defense and quarterbacks travel. And you could go on the road with them. It doesn't matter if you're playing at home on the road, if you can play defense and you have a great quarterback. And we haven't had that. And that's really been our downfall. So, um, you know, and we're just so bad on third down, both offensively and defensively. We just can't get off the field and we can't convert on third down. But my question for you is this. I do think that we're giving the offense a pass. As bad as the defense is, a couple of things. One, I don't see any identity on offense. If someone could actually tell me what exactly is our identity or what are we trying to do, number one. Um, and, and secondly, um, I, I just think we should be a better offense right now. We have a good offensive line. We have good receivers. We've had good running backs. Um, I can't figure out why, why we're not scoring. Well, multiple reasons. Stephen Morris's injury, Duke Johnson's injuries, Philip Dorsett's injuries, and in my opinion, too much shuffling on the offensive line, which is, which is, in my opinion, made those guys inconsistent. That's what I think it's been. I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on Stephen. I think he's he's definitely hampered the offense, but I mean, we, our offense is still struggling with Duke and Philip, um, and 
you know, I still see receivers dropping passes, and I, and I guess that leads me to if I – I don't like to call out coaches because I just – I think they're all working their you-know-what's off. But um, I, I just don't know if Brennan Carroll is anything more than just a really good recruiter. Um, I see our receivers dropping passes. I just don't see any other school. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if it's a lack of concentration. Obviously, you have to blame the kids at some point. But, I mean, Herb, come on. I mean, I mean, that's not fair. Those guys haven't dropped a lot of passes. Herb Waters dropped. He dropped one bet, one ball the other night. I mean, he's been great all year. You know, he 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 screwed up the other night. But I mean, that kid's made a lot of big plays this year. Do you think? Yeah, you think tough. the entire? You think? The, you think the entire offensive coaching staff comes back next year? Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. All right, give us Thank a call next guys. week. Enjoy the show. Yep. Oh, it. yeah, no, thank you for calling. Give, yeah, give us a caller next week. All right, continuing on here, let's go out to the um, 772, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? How are you? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, Kevin. Hey, what's up, Kevin? What you got? Thanks for squeezing me in. I appreciate that. Not a problem. Um, just wanted to talk, basically. I think everybody's pretty much covered. You know, everybody's a coach from here on out. You know, the reasons why we're not winning on defense, and but I'm obviously I'm not even going to get into that. I just want to talk a little bit about Duke. Um, I'm kind of a numbers guy. I've looked at Duke. You know, their offensive numbers, their defensive number, who's they, who they've played, who they've beaten, who they've lost to. What's your? Forget about the fact that they're seven and two. I don't. I mean, they might be a seven and two team like us. Um, if you took their if you took the fact that they were seven and two away, and you looked at their numbers, what would you think about this team? You talking about Miami? Duke. No, no, no. Oh, Duke. No, no, Duke. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Duke's Duke's got a great coach. Uh, David Cutcliffe is probably mm-hmm. as good of an offensive play caller schemer as there is in college football. So mm-hmm. they they have that going for them. Um, no, I agree. They're I obviously agree. very smart kids. You know, mm-hmm. to be going to school too. I mean, you know, that's 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 one big edge they're going to have on almost everybody they play. Is mm-hmm. they're going to be they're going to be a smart team. You know, you don't have to worry about those kids. They're not going to blow a lot of assignments. Um, they're going to do their their responsibilities, and and that will allow them to play as well as their athletic ability will allow them to play. And you know, a team like Duke, that that's why it's so hard for them to win championships, and um, because. They're just not going to be able to do it every single week because they're not going to be as athletically gifted as some of the teams they're going to play. Um, right, there right, will right. be times when they'll pull an upset like what they did in Blacksburg by just going up there, being solid, and letting the other team implode, which is what Virginia Tech did. Oh, yeah. Tech I mean, if you look at – if you didn't – if you – I mean, I don't know how many people watch that game, but if you – when the game was over and you clicked on the scores and you looked at some of the numbers on that game, you'd look at that game and you go, how the hell did Virginia Tech lose this game? Because they, they had four four turnovers. It was like five, almost 500 yards. I don't think Duke had 200 yards of offense. I mean, you, I understand the turnovers, but you just, you know, one of those things where you kind of look at that and you scratch your head like, wow. But, yep. I mean, I've seen Duke play this year, and I don't, I mean, not taking anything away from them. I think they got, you know, Cutcliffe obviously does a great job, but I think what I saw Duke play last year, I think offensively they were significantly better last year than they are this year. What do you what do you think? Um, have not watched them enough. You know, I can't really, you know, say that they were significantly better last year. I I think this is going to be a t- you know, potentially a tough ball game on Saturday. I think it's going to be a shootout. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think Duke's mm-hmm. going to have some success on offense, and I think Obviously. Miami's going to have to score. You know, they're going to have to score points to win. What would be a what? What do you think? Judging by what you've seen the last month by our defense, what would you see when the game is over and, the, and Duke had this many yards and this many points? Would you say good job or not good job? What would be the your your total points and your total yard for Duke on defense? Um, I would say keep them in the twenties. You know, about I think what you, I three, think three to three fifty on offense. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, is that even realistic? Yeah, I think it is. You th- you think it's realistic? Yeah, I think you know. Okay. I think if they correct their problems that they've been having on these crosses. Yeah, I don't think you know. And even Golden said it. You know, it's never as good as you think it is. It's never as bad as you think it is. I mean, you, you, people are flying right. off the handlebars. I think a little bit. But again, I just want to make a that's, note and I'll let you go. It's part of being um, a sports fan, you know. Absolutely. Um, All right, Duke Kevin. has that one. Take care. Yeah, well, um, give us a call again next week. All right, I'm going to squeeze in one last call here tonight. Let's go out to the uh, 205, where you are now live on Team Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. Trying to get everybody in here. Okay. I just had, um, I just had a question about the, um, the offensive lineman from Maryland. How serious, how serious is he about Miami? Damian Prince? Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's uh, to be determined. I, I don't think that that's crystal clear yet. I, I know they're working it hard, man. That kid's worth fighting for. Exactly, exactly. I think he, I think he have a, a lot better upside than Santre Henderson did. You know, we thought he was going to be all world, and you know his mental has been, all, you know, off the charts, man. So he's been very inconsistent. Um, another yep. thing, um, I think that um, they should try to move Chick to D tackle or something. He's I too think small. He give a little more. I just he, think he, he give us that, a quickness. He he doesn't have it. He's just not explosive. But I mean, you know, he already grew into a 277 pound defensive end. I mean, I don't know if he could put on another 20 pounds and play defensive tackle. I don't know, you know. And you've only yeah, got him for I, one more, you only got him for one more year. I mean, I just don't know what to, what you really do with Chuck. <laughs> I, I know he's been he's been a big bust since his freshman year, man. It's I'm not like, that he's a bust. Oh. He just came out of he was a tweener coming out of high school, you know, and they had to grow him. The, the problem was he shouldn't have played as a true freshman. But even if he had two years left, it, 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 you know, he's just he's not an explosive athlete. Explosive guy, yeah. He I was mean, in I high was, school. I don't know what had, I don't know what happened to him, but he's not explosive he's now. He's going to get better players. That's what <laughs> he's going to get better better players. But I, I was I'm with the other guy. I think we should play Muhammad a lot more. Um, I think he'll. Well, yeah, I, I think, think he'll he will next year. I think Muhammad's going to yeah. get a big chance to bring practice. The Derek Griffin kid, the, I think the tight end flash receiver we were supposed to get, yeah. um, they went to um, – what's up with him? I haven't heard we anything about him. We, we, we do not know. He's, he's shown some hints on Twitter that he thinks he's getting in, but we have not heard that he really is. Um, okay. It's all up in the air. With Devontae Bond, he's out too. Yeah, he's I think they were a little annoyed with him. I think, you know, I think the coaches you know, pretty much laid out what he needed to get done to join the team this year. And when he didn't do it, I think they got a little bit annoyed with him. I don't think they're recruiting him anymore. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I know you're trying to go. I just wanted to ask those couple of questions. I look forward to seeing you. Um, you know, All right, man, you get, next, um, yeah. Give us a call next week. Call a little earlier. Hey, let me um, yes, let me sir. try to fit in one more here on the uh, at the nine seven three. You're now live on Team Sport Live. Thank you, thank you, um, Gary. I no, thought I, pre- I was going to get locked out. Yeah, appreciate um, you, appreciate you man, cause I, Hey, man, I called you. Um, a couple calls ago, 
um, mentioned the offensive line, and I called you the first night you had the show, and you're doing a great job. By the way, I love your show. Um, I just want to um, make a quick point about the offensive line. I think Coach Keel really, I think these guys are getting a break. Um, I think it should be mentioned more. We are not getting first downs. We can't get a push. And I know, and I mentioned it at the first night they, I called that they were moving the lines around too much. Yeah, guess? they they do sometimes. Some, on some plays, they're great. There's just yeah, not the but, consistency that well, you would expect. What bothered me the other night, what bothered me the other night, um, Gus Hedgewood came in the game. His first play, first time touched the ball, I think he got about five or six yards. Then I look up, he's he's running out the game. And I'm like, did he just not gain yards? Why is he being pulled out the game? I think we run way too many packages. I think they're playing guys because they promised them that they're going to play during the week. And then they're just doing all this rotation of sets as far as wide receiver set, offensive line set. That nonsense got to be cut out. We got to go, like I said, from the first night I called you. We got to go with our guys, wait till they get tired, and make the proper substitution later on. And about Kiklio, um, I really think he's really he's really been a bust. And I Who? appreciate you, um, um, Chicolo. Oh, Chicolo? I mean, yeah, I, really... I don't think bust is fair because he's played a lot of football and and he's doing the best he can. I just think he he got stuck, like I said, as a tweener, and then he had to put on weight to try to be able to play, and putting on the weight took but you away. Know what, but you know what, Gary? Last year, it's the same thing. Every time we look at – every time it stands, every time we look at the depth chart, he's penciled in, and I don't think it's fair to the other players. I think well, he I think he's penciled in because right now he might be the best guy. <laughs> I mean, if they thought what, Kamalu was better, or uh, they'd be playing him. If they thought David Gilbert was better, they'd be playing him. If they thought Muhammad we was have ready got, to be an every player. And that's player, a shame because we have guys, we have guys that's been in the um, – we redshirted that's not even getting on the field. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about that. Jelani very Hamilton? Very concerned about how we – yeah, him and um, number 97. I mean, these are guys that's just not well, getting on the field. In, every, in any other program, some of those guys are getting on the field. I'm concerned about that. And let me just get this one last hand. Um, Highsmith, Gary. I'm, 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 I'm gonna get off, but Highsmith. Oh my God, he is. Oh, it's it's great, it's ridiculous. Great kid. Never, never makes a mental mistake, but just doesn't have the athletic ability to survive when you're playing a good team. But can I ask That's you this, Gary? Why do we continue? If you're going to give up a bunch of yards and you're not going to make tackles, you're not going to go for the ball while it's in fight. Why must we play him? He's in his senior year. He's well, he's out the door. Why can't they would he tell do you that with the young guys? He does, they would tell you it's because he does the right thing. I don't agree with and it either. All, I, I think it's been a big mistake, but they would tell you it's because he doesn't make mentals. Okay, well, I mentioned about I mentioned before about Gus. Don't you think that's a little ridiculous? He, the kid just came in and pushed. He, he got five yards, and he's getting up and running off the field. I'm like, how is he going to get any better? How is he going to get lathered up and, and and get and get a sweat and get and get more yards if he's not on the field? Yeah, well, I mean, they just they didn't isolate on one guy at running back after Duke. You know, it's been running back yeah. by committee. Dallas Crawford's gotten the most burn, but he's not an every down back either. You know, and I think that's part of the problem overall for the team. I think too many things is going on while we're trying to win important ball games, and I really think. We're a great offensive line when we're trying to pass the ball. But when we're running that ball, it's too many negative plays. And I think Art Keel and the entire offensive line have gotten a break, gotten a pass this year, and I think it should stop. I think people are coming after the defense, and I come after the defense too. You know, I, really I, think, I you, think Art 
Art through the history has always been a guy that picked his five guys and played with them. I think I think Coach Golden has, is the one that's dictated the you know the revolving door offensive line. Um, and he one needs of the to few, stop it. it. It's one of the few things that Coach Golden has done or does that I don't agree with. That you know I I, mean, I, I, I love Al Golden. And I think he's and trying I to help guys be, get to the NFL. I think he's going to be successful here. I do. I think he's going through a little bit of learning curve of what that takes, but, you know, he's going to be successful here if people have patience with him. Um, but yeah, that's remember, one thing he was that, at that, Boston College. He was at Boston College, and he was at Virginia, and they probably did that when they was there. Yeah. But this is a different type of a program. It's a different, it's a different, yeah, this is a different, different. It's a different standard here. It is. And, and, yeah. and you know, I mean, and he watched I think it he, work. It worked there. And he got guys into NFL. I mean, Boston College get offers alignment in the NFL every year, two or three of them. But, um, yeah. You can't do that in Miami. You can, I like Al, but Al, come on. No, they, you can't do that you know, in Miami. But, but I think six guys and let roll with them. He's dictating that to Art, and, um, you know, it is what it is. And, and um, you know, I, I think they would have been better suited putting five guys in there and keeping and building that continuity also, but they chose not to. All right, I'm going to let you go. Yeah. Give us a call again next week, okay? Appreciate you, man. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for calling. Well, that concludes our show tonight. Um, Wow, another great show. Lots of great opinions, uh, give and take. Um, I think I got everyone in that was on the the board, so um, I'm glad we were able to accomplish that tonight. For for those that wanted to call the show, but then I hope you call next week. Hopefully we'll have a better result to talk about after Saturday as the Hurricanes go up to Duke. So we'll see you next Tuesday, everybody. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.